Hello and welcome back to the Dibron Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan. Today I'm joined by my lovely cohort of co-hosts, Alex and Alex. Brett. We're on different directions. Oh, no. Actually, that worked on my screen, so you're good. That was... didn't work on my screen. <laughs> what? Hello. I don't know why Discord puts us in different orders every time. Hey, we're talking about Game Pass games today. We, we played a bunch of Game Pass games and we're doing a show on them. That seems like the thing to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, a good good topic to cover. So who wants to get us started? Who has a game they want to do? I'm going to actually request that uh, Alex and I, we keep ours for the last two because they're kind of paired together. So, and you I might mean, already have a hint as been, to what they are, but it, it's <laughs> been a bunch of high highs, comfort, and low lows. <laughs> do we uh, do we want to get Battlefield out of the way first? Just just get that I, just off the band talk, talk about the stream too. It's probably a good yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I picked Battlefield 2042 as our next Game Pass game. Last we recorded. We recorded two full hours of us playing Battlefield 2042. Well, recorded may be generous. <laughs> but for some reason, well, Battlefield 2042 doesn't listen, like OBS. Listen, we did everything that was should have been asked of us, and it still didn't work. And then for a nice blast of nostalgia, we played just as much Halo Infinite right after. And then recorded that, and that better. was the episode that week instead. <laughs> All, oh. Almost a year to the, almost two years to the to the day of that yeah. happening last time. Yeah, that we played. Which I definitely game. planned. That was that was the whole reason I picked it. That was of the course. plan for sure. Um, no, okay. So, all right. I think I already said this when we uh, attempted to stream it, but I'm just going to give the rundown real quick. Once again, uh, I was I was doing some PC testing stuff on the on the new rig. I downloaded 2042 to try it, test it on my computer, see how it went, um, and then I ended up playing it for a lot longer than I thought because, and perhaps maybe this is just because of vastly lowered expectations, I actually had fun uh, playing it that time. And so to make sure that I wasn't insane, I dragged the rest of you into hell with me uh, <laughs> because I was genuinely curious of what you guys think after however long it's been, two years of updates uh of of them trying to defibrillate revive this game from the <laughs> the six foot hole that they kicked it into um because to be honest outside of a lot of technical problems in attempts to try and get us into the game once the game was actually running i felt like i had a fair amount of fun with it personally you know, I think well, I don't forget I'm... also that one of us was was spared from this because the maximum <laughs> squad size is That's only true. four players in this the, the, game. True. The maximum squad size was only four players, and also <laughs> my, well, the yeah. maximum my party graphics size. drivers. Can we okay, sidetrack and talk about this for four. a second? Can we talk about this? Anyone who anyone who plays PC games, it is a known fact. You gotta update your graphics driver. That is just a no-brainer. At least every Wyatt. now and then. At least every, every now and then. Why? Wyatt, I did... Until college, I did not grow up around other gamers. I don't know any of this. Neither did I. You don't see me making excuses for it. <laughs> I, my, my thing was, uh, I don't blame you for not um, knowing to do that. But uh, I know you played 
Baldur's Gate 3, and every time yeah. you launch that game, it gives you a message that says, hey, your graphic drivers are out of date. Uh, and I clicked on it, and I, and I pressed the update, and it wouldn't update them, and it worked, so I clicked away, and it plays fine without them. I think Mine this is telling you everything you need to know about how <laughs> the rest of us feel about Battlefield 2042, and that every conversation about how hard it was to play it is more interesting. And I will note, Pretty Alex much. wasn't spared because we made him stick around for the full two <laughs> hours. Yeah, he but wasn't fully two, spared. Yeah, wa- watching, you guys, watching you guys was painful, but I did, in, in, the, in the sense of some of the gameplay, the gameplay did at points look like it was enjoyable, like you guys were having, you know, like a, a time with it. I will say... No, no, go but I was having I'm, fun doing color commentary in in the announcer voice. Uh-oh. I uh, I would say I was pretty much there right under Wyatt. I had a good time. It wasn't great. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to play it again. But uh, I like Battlefield, <laughs> and it's in enough of a state now that um, it was a fairly enjoyable Battlefield experience. Um, I, I'd probably rather play another one though. Yeah, well, well, and, th- and that's the thing, right? As as much as as. I did enjoy myself. I do want to make it perfectly clear so that I can keep whatever credentials I have left uh, under my name. I don't After think it's better than this. Battlebit. <laughs> I don't think it's better than Battlebit. Not even by a long shot. I I don't think it's the best Battlefield game out there. For me, I just like when bad games become not as bad, and it's it's it shouldn't and bad games should not release in the state that they release in. I, I fully agree with that, but I at least like that we live, bare minimum, we live in a timeline where they have the they do have the potential to get better over time, right? Well, yeah, that's, we're we're that's all here thing, because, because we like games. We don't want to see them do bad. In a no, in no. a perfect world, the the positive outcome of that would be would be taken and it'd be okay. Yeah, this this game, unfortunately, through un, unforeseen circumstances, released in not the best state, but now we can fix it. And instead, we live in a world where, oh, we can just fix it later, so we can release whatever the fuck we want. Who cares? Let's and that's release a pro- and that is garbage. A, yeah, yeah. Which is which is genuinely to... what Battlefield 2042 felt like. It doesn't feel even as good as like the launch state of some of the other better Battlefield games. Uh, and I I have no stake. I have no ties to to Dice or EA or whatever sale of dice is left behind from all the people that left in squads <laughs> after uh I think after Battlefield like five first came out a bunch of people left. Um that's about right. So I, I don't care. The, the a game can just be bad forever and I will care about it the same amount that I do about Battlefield twenty forty two, which is not a lot. And I don't want it to seem like I'm advocating for games to come out in a bad state. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not advocating for that at all. Um but I do want to talk about some of the cool things that are in this game that you may not get in in other uh like large scale pvp shooters right i i think some of the equipment's kind of fun um i mean obviously you have you had a grappling hook to a game it's going to make it more Mm. fun the wingsuit's really cool especially if you pair it with the tornadoes that sometimes come through a map that are an actual hazard and not just like a you know background uh you know sightseeing thing it can actually I've seen it quite a few times kind of change the tide of a battle. It can sometimes, if there's a like a defense that's really entrenched into a, a location, it can really mess things up and allow the other team to come in, which is nice. Uh, you can pair that with the wingsuit, so you can fly really high in the air, and it launches you off into another part of the map, which was really fun. Did that a couple times. Um, you can call them little robot dogs. 
and the robot dogs, the little good boys, can can shoot all the all the bad people, which is kind of fun, you know. Um, Dog with a gun is enjoyable. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that I think the shooting feels feels pretty good for the most part. Um, they the big thing for me is that I and I'm pretty sure I said this when we were first talking about this game when it came out was like, listen, if they add back any kind of traditional class system, I will give the game a second chance. And I, I think that, you know, it's it's mostly there. I think every class can still use every other gun, which I don't agree with. But I still think having a class system like that and, and dividing this giant mess of operators into different class really helped the just the structure of the game. It feels a lot less chaotic now. It feels a lot more organized. And I think that was just the biggest thing outside of... Um, a lot of the map reworks that they did, which I legitimately think made some of the maps a lot better. To uh, I sure to did make on. them a straight line. <laughs> and then, and then we, and then, unfortunately, the footage that you guys can't see is uh, just just a map that's a straight line with two circles uh, or like little uh, atriums in it. That's yeah, your only chance of survival. That, that that's an interesting map. I have thoughts on that map. <laughs> I will say it did better on that map than any other map. But I don't know if I was having as much fun on that map compared oh, to some God, of the other wait, ones. Okay. And 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 we'll, I I said this like ten times when we when we were streaming it too. It's like that map. That's not really a twenty forty two issue as much as it is a franchise issue because they keep yeah. introducing some the variant of this godforsaken map in every Call of Duty game. I'm sorry, every Battlefield game. I was thinking about shipment. And, um, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Every stand first person it. shooter, really. It's it's there, there's it's always like, one. It's Battlefield's version of shipment, and I just think it has no place in a game like Battlefield. It sucks. It's a it's yeah, like a maps like that cluster. tend to work in COD and in smaller scale shooters because they're smaller scale. As soon as yeah. you balloon to the amount of people that a Battlefield match has, it just is so chaotic that it's impossible. Also, to not why you go to play Battlefield. Like no, I, yeah. I get, I get making modes and stuff that are that appeal to to more people, but Battlefield's not about small like like round but it's it's not about that it's it's giant I, yeah warfare. i feel like it's interesting when a map is varied and like there are some sections where like maybe there's an objective that's down in some tunnels or something mm -hmm. but i definitely don't like those maps that are 90 percent but people go nuts over which, them that's the thing i, I feel yeah. like we're, we're in such a small minority when it comes to operation metro or whatever we're just now it, now mind you I I've got a love hate relationship to this, but I do think my favorite battlefield maps are maps where like you can snipe somebody from like six miles away. No, totally, yeah. I hundred percent agree. Yeah. Because then Absolutely. between those six miles, there's things for other people to do still, mm -hmm. and you can also get sniped back. Whereas if it's just a hallway, it's just it it's just a meat grinder for like. I mean, the other thing, too, for, like, Shipment or whatever, or, like, a COD game or, like, a Halo map that's really small, those games are, like, built to last. Like, the rounds are, what, like, five minutes maximum or whatever for, like, specifically small game modes. Battlefield games are meant to last, like, 15, 20, 30 minutes if you're, like, oh, really I mean, fighting over objectives. I mean, you think about Battlefield 1, a full operation is, like, over an hour. Those things yeah, are, that's are why you play those games. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. It was 
a real shame that that's the map that we started on. It did not set a good precedent for that afternoon. Uh, but I think there are a lot of cool maps. There's a map. Yeah, that, I thought that we started on cool. the. Yeah, that, that was our middle point. Oh, middle yeah, point. I thought we we started on the the rocket ship map. I think. Right? Oh, we yeah. did. We okay. started on the. No, it was but, the it was the uh, beach. Uh, like barred with a bunch of fitment crates. Oh yeah, of, like the dried up. Beach. Oh, yeah. I mean that's an I mean that's a an example of a map that was also a little bit tighter in, but but offered a lot more space. I kind of like, like that map because it's definitely like better it. than yeah, it's better than yeah. grander. Um, but there are, there are some maps that we didn't play on that are kind of fun. Like I said, there's one that takes place. Um, it's like a completely just like. It's like in the Arctic, I think, and there's giant glaciers, and it basically creates these two. Uh, at least it's in one section of the map. It creates these two giant uh, levels, right? So you have a bunch of, and they're like the top level. It's on top of these giant glaciers. There's like tons of zip lines and stuff that are connecting them together, and then down lows where you have a lot of like buildings and like cover and stuff like that. It's really cool. It's a really freaking cool map, actually, and especially with all the different movement options that 2042 has, it. it it's a really fun map to play on, so I'm kind of sad that we didn't get to play on a few of the, um, the really cool maps. But I, I that's no, one thing. That's one positive thing I'll I'll give it. It's it's really uh, some of the maps are really neat. What did you say? I said snow maps are always the best. Yeah. You know what? You're not opinion. wrong. Snow maps are good wrong. times. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing to make it better like... is if there's a train in them. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's uh, you would love Battlefield One. Um, there's like. I have... The entire time, <laughs> while we uh, were, were playing something that was like constantly in the back of my head as being like really annoying and and stupid and weird, is like there's there's no there's no story mode, which I don't think you really lose a lot by having no story mode in a battlefield game, right? I don't think any of us super care. The war stories were an interesting idea, but they never really developed on them it's, enough. In my opinion. Yeah, they they didn't develop them into anything that makes me miss them now that they're not there. I think the um, the biggest missing aspect is that you really should work like there really should be stories where you're like working with other people and not going solo because it doesn't really feel like Battlefield at that point. It, it just feels like a yeah. campaign. But so th- that's the thing they they didn't even like they have kind of a, a multiplayer like story thing going on for the multiplayer, but it's so nothing and stupid that I can't believe that it's still there. Like I, how do you have how do you have global conflict from between like countries that exist today when in your world building and story there are no countries anymore because everything's been globalized i just it feels like they're just like oh that's so no countries but u.s and russia still at war yeah is it it, was it under um, was it loosely under the guise of corporations stay the same no no there's no there's no corpos or anything like that i also uh, it's genuinely a stupid decision I never felt like the setting of that game mattered. No, it absolutely doesn't. not. It yeah. didn't Which add be, anything. If, you, if there was no story, it would be better because it's basically the same thing. Well, it <laughs> basically no felt like this, this stupid world that they have feels like they were just trying to justify these operators somehow. Which, no matter how you slice it, it's exactly. never going to work because you have six of the same people on both teams. And, and so your so immersion, the immersion that you have in most Battlefield games is just completely, it just evaporates. It's well, like yeah, Thanos snapped out I, of existence I think it's still right in your face. The outdated idea of people were like trying to copy Overwatch and Team Fortress. Because yeah. oh, like people God. were attached to those character archetypes. 
But then you need to have character design as good as Overwatch and Team Fortress, which Battlefield which also, doesn't. And, like, the art yeah. style doesn't lend itself to that. Yeah. No, yeah. It's like, look at us. We have a character from the Battlefield 4 campaign in it. Oh, Be impressed, everyone. <laughs> Photorealism, photo while impressive for tech demos, often doesn't really lead to incredibly memorable character design. Well, and, no, and Battlefield has always sidestepped that by giving you customization options. Like, here's the mm -hmm. thing. You can say whatever you want about Battlefield 5. It's a mess in a lot of ways. That, char that character customization stuff was cool. <laughs> it was really cool. There were a lot of cool options. It was very, like, outlandish Hollywood World, World War II style stuff, but it looked super cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like... At least yeah. they were doing something interesting. Hey, I'm my, my thing is like I miss silhouettes in multiplayer games exactly having importance. Exactly, I was gonna say yeah. And mm -hmm. it feels like Battlefield in particular. It, it's not really thing Battlefield has ever had, so I'm not gonna say it's missing because Battlefield obviously doesn't need it. But as soon as they start trying to lean into this like operator mindset, then you do need that. You need people to be able like I need to recognize what the operator is before I see exactly what they're doing so i have an idea of what they're capable of and that's where like the the interesting gameplay comes from in these team shooters yeah. battlefield's not that like it it shouldn't be that so yeah. trying to be well, that and, just means you're losing because and let's not, not forget too it's it's not that dice has never done that before i mean you go mm -hmm. back and you go back and play uh battlefront 2 right again no matter what you have to say about that game they at least made an attempt have a different silhouette for each class so you could still but it's also like battlefront 2 has also... hero classes that do have like fully unique looks and whatnot that are recognizable exactly. yeah. and solves the problem so they're capable of it <laughs> yeah uh, especially I, if you're I gonna actually... have a near future setting just go crazy go yeah. go they, weird with it i, I, I want to see that spiky in, like, high armor did they just put people in like windbreakers and things that you can just wear today <laughs> it's 2042 well, guys it also, come on <laughs> to me it, it kind of I, I don't know bugged me it didn't so much this time because they've kind of done away with the operators or at least de-emphasize the operators yeah yeah but i never played the game when it came out but i played the beta um it kind of bugged me there that I was like, well, you're going in on these operators as like, oh, this is the new thing we're going to do. We're, we're No more classes. We're doing these operators. Except the operators were just kind of the classes. Yeah. With like they were a little bit more specialized. Yeah they, yeah. they were a little bit different. But I was like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. You've still got a guy who heals, yeah. a guy who shoots from far away. It is, a guy it is who more, stuff. Like, it is roughly the same thing now. Like, at, at launch, there were no classes. Like, you picked your operator who had a unique, like, passive ability and a unique gadget, and that's it. Like, there was no organization whatsoever. But it's just chaos. Like, it, it means yeah. it's, nobody can identify with, like, wanting to play an archetype. They have to build well, and, their own, which most people aren't going to do. They're going to be confused. And you can argue that, oh, Battlefield's all about chaos. It's chaos all the time. It's it's a difference between complete and utter chaos and a and controlled, chaos. organized chaos, which is what yeah. Battlefield has always been. It's like, that's why people love it so much. It's like, when you really dig down to why people love it so much, it is this beautiful tightrope between chaos and controlled. Like, Ch yeah. chaos being so these well. really uh, ent entangled 
uh, like huge multiplayer battles and trying to escape a collapsing building that you're in because well, of the like indestructible got, environments. You've got tanks going on. You got planes flying everywhere. There's explosions every two seconds. But the class system keeps everything in line. Everyone has a certain ability. Everyone has a role. And if everyone sticks to that role, there's a certain amount of just organization that goes on. Yeah, exactly. You get rid of the classes, it is just Pandora's box is open and not yeah. in a fun way. It becomes a it, it, it just like becomes mush. It becomes meaningless after a while. And so I also this is not necessarily a uh, a hit on twenty forty two specifically. Actually I think it was almost a little bit better in twenty forty two than some of the other ones I've played recently. But I remember when I played Battlefield a lot back in the day, which is mostly like Bad Company, I think Bad Company 2 as well. I felt like those games, and th uh, 3 and 4 and everything, those games have a lot of emphasis on the destructibility. Yeah. And the more modern ones don't, and I feel like they're missing out. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. Now, now we have all these big fancy engines that are... I mean, everybody knows that Frostbite's the best engine in the world. Obviously, it can handle so many things. Uh, if well, that, if, that's, if that there wasn't so frustrating, including but not it limited, exactly. That's what I'm going to say, though. It's because <laughs> like like we 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 have like these engines are so like just multifaceted and, and powerful now, and everybody, even like the the like lower level consoles in a generation, have like such great like processing power and 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 stuff. Just but we don't have destructible maps <laughs> basically anymore it's it's such a shame because now would be the time to to have them because we've come so far developing games as as an industry that now we should be able to have a little bit of that in like basically every shooter if it belongs in the sandbox but no uh you get a you get a rocket that launches with like 5 decibels of of noise um <laughs> yeah like, and, you have uh, way more interesting destruction and battle bit especially but also games like ground sure, war and, yeah. and cod now have, have better destruction and interesting interaction with the environment and it, it just feels weird that that was battlefield's identity for so long and they just kind of left it as a concept yeah. i think they try to hype it up every new release but then it's worse than they hyped it up to be so people are disappointed yeah yeah, I actually think that 2042 was slightly better than some of the other more recent ones I've played. I don't remember it being in Battlefield 5 at all. It was five it is, wasn't Battlefield 5. Is World five. War 2, right? Yes. Uh it was in 5. I I would I'm I would sure say it was. it was probably It wasn't it wasn't because I think they they relegated a lot of the destruction to a lot of the like buildable stuff. So like It's yeah, it's a ton so of options for building sandbags and mm. that was actually kind of a cool idea that I wish they had kept, but you could build like like sandbag forts and barbed wire and stuff, and they kind of relegated totally the, the construction. Could. It was cool. I liked it, and and you know there was some like you could blast a hole in a building, like the side of a building, from time to time. But they really relegated it to the the player made forts. Yeah, which which was which was a cool which idea. Which is okay. Like Hell Let Loose did the same thing, and it works very yeah. well there. So I I don't feel like that's a bad compromise, but. At no, least in no. 2042, I just never felt the impact of it during any of the matches no, we played. Yeah. Not really. Like, yeah, I think I had it come up like once. So Hell at Loose is built around it, basically. Like you mm -hmm. need to do those things. Or in Battlefield Five, you can just ignore it and shoot people, and it's fine. I mean, again, I wonder if it's much like how you know Battlebit, you can you can drag your your allies off to the side to heal them. I wonder if it's just a thing where they couldn't 
make it look realistic enough. Probably, so they just yeah. don't I, even bother. Which is the I biggest assume... downfall of this kind of game. It's it's not worth yeah. it. I'd rather be able to do that than the game. I'd rather it look like a weird buggy mess than not do it at all. <laughs> as long as you it can actually be a buggy really... mess. <laughs> you, you know what this has gotten me craving now? Oh. Pickle pizza. Uh, <laughs> not pickle Shut pizza, Alex. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, I, if I can find, like, a game that's a love letter to something like Red Faction Guerrilla and Crackdown. That really is just Red Faction Guerrilla. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe Teardown, but there's not a lot of games that really fulfill that destruction need anymore. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there will be more, because they're getting more popular now with, like, Teardown doing really well. So... Mm Yeah, any final thoughts on Battlefield 2042? Is anyone planning to keep playing this at all, or are we all kind of... Because I don't think I we had a bad time. I think yeah. we were all just oh, kind of like... Fine. There are better games to play. I believe our uh, sanity was definitely kept in check by having the rest of us in call with each other. Uh, <laughs> if we were to do this alone, I'm sure it would be a uh, a drastic blow to each and every one of our psyches. I mean, I did play a bunch of this solo before I even recommended it, and I still had a decent, decent enough time with it. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe doing this was a giant waste of all of our time, and I understand. Well, that. I think what I learned, Wyatt, is that as soon as we went to go play Halo Infinite afterwards, we had so much more—you could even say infinitely more fun. <laughs> that I, I feel like my, I, my I think need us... for Battlefield is cut. Wow, that's your one, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one, but that is your one. But that's your one. Uh, I think I think us playing Battlefield 2042 has turned into an endorsement of hey, look how much better Halo Infinite's gotten recently. Yeah, yeah. Halo that, that, that is like the case of a of a multiplayer shooter being like going from like nothing to to something. I, I it's not. They're not done yet. Like, they should keep going. But they should keep a good going. Job. But it's great. like whereas Battlefield to make another. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, whereas battlefield 2042 came out in a state that i would recommend nobody play it like at a like launch state of battlefield 2042 i like uh, unless it was for a joke i would not have said anybody should play that game ever uh now it's it's still like i mean you can try it maybe you'll like it but there's better examples on game pass or for less money than a game pass monthly subscription on steam uh <laughs> Whereas Halo Infinite's case, yeah, it 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 kind of they blew through all the stuff they had at launch and then didn't really recoup until now. Uh, but it's free and there's stuff in the game now, and it's not a buggy like pile of garbage that's gonna blow up your recording setup and and they actually and... fixed oh the my fire. God, that's right. Which is this is we didn't we haven't even covered the whole issue with the recording setup thing. Battlefield just oh, doesn't yeah. play nice with OBS on certain encoders. We recorded two full hours of footage. Alex was color commentating the whole thing while the rest of us were playing. And we have about 30 minutes of audio from that that is functional because it was encoding so far behind. Oh, God. It was like it would encode a second of footage every, like, four seconds. So (laughs) we have the first 30 minutes of audio. But The real real battle battle in Battlefield was trying to get it to record properly. Yeah, and I know it was not a recording problem because we went and recorded Halo Infinite. (laughs) afterwards we didn't know until because my game every time we got out of a match if i didn't immediately exit to the main menu would crash yeah well it wouldn't crash it would just get stuck i'd just be at a black screen yep and 
I'm like out here desperately logging in another time, and Ryan goes, "Oh, my game's crashed" or something, and I was like, "Oh." Yeah, no, I got the same right. thing you had, so I had to close the yeah. game, which meant I, I had like, to go okay, to OBS feel, to rehook it up pain. and saw it. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh well," that, and that was <laughs> two hours fine. in. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's not like I'd actively recommend against playing it right now. It's just a, a case of, I think you have better options. Only if you have Game Pass. Why would don't you? buy it. Yeah, it, if you it. don't have to pay money for it. it, you can try it out and make your own opinions. But I think there's I'm also a lot better fun. uses. There, there's also a lot better uses for space on your computer. Yeah, it's well, huge. For sure, I think, it's a massive huge. I think it's, I think it's, if you have Game Pass, you got the space, download it to see how cool a, a hurricane flying through the map can be from time to time. Because it's kind of fun. Maybe mess around with some of the operator stuff because some of them are kind of cool. Buy a little robot dog and within game, not your actual money. Call a little robot dog and and shoot some shoot some enemy players, and then leave. That's the nice thing about Game Pass. You can come in, get a fun couple of moments, and then and then just wipe your hands of of it, and you know nothing's lost. It's like it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Wyatt, what's your next pick for us for Game yeah. Pass Games Club? What's your uh, your holiday choice? Yeah. Oh, does it have to be a holiday game? No, it absolutely doesn't no. have to be Halloween okay, cool. holiday theme. This is just gonna take us through the holidays. So. Okay. Cool. Um, this one I've been meaning to check out on my own time. Um, and I actually didn't realize it was on Game Pass until very recently. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but that's kind of the point of this show, at least yeah. for me, is to try new stuff. Uh, my next game is Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord. Ooh. Uh, I'm, I'm in, excited. I'm in a medieval mood, so... I, I like I, I like me some swords. So nice. the great thing with doing it for ga- for Game Pass means we might have a a good time setting up a multiplayer fight. We can do the actual multiplayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, you can do multiplayer where you all have like a legion and you command them against other players. It'd be huh. fun to try out. Um, all right, Brett, I think you are forced to be next because yeah. we're avoiding. I I have. A lot to say. Alex well, I, I was, is a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, I, 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 I was going to say, this, is, this, may be, this may be my game that I picked, but Alex has played more of it than any of us will <laughs> for, the net, for the foreseeable we've, we've future. Turned him, y'all have um, turned him into a, into a Souls-like fan. It is know, a yeah. problem, and I still deny being a Souls-like enjoyer, though a lot <laughs> okay. less right you, now. Is that Evidence possible? is against you. You really can't, I, because I was going to say, like I can't. It. I can't, I've, but I I'll do it for the content. Listen, I've played I, I, both <laughs> Jedi games, and I still don't really call myself a a, a Souls like fan. But I can get away with it with those two. This is a true blue Souls like. Yeah, I don't think which, you can uh, th- get this, away with it. This being Lies of P, and the reason that we're so set on this being true blue Souls like is because it's probably the best indeed Souls like. It doesn't even really feel like. An indie game. If you slap FromSoft's name on this, you would think it was from software. Maybe it like changed yeah, like one it, or it two of the like, character designs, but yeah, like you just think it was like the B team or something, like the same team that developed Dark Souls Two or whatever. They they had this cooking while Armored Core Six was was coming. Although out this whatever. is better received than Dark Souls Two. <laughs> I know, yeah, which is crazy because Dark Souls Two is actually a good game. Um, but uh. <laughs> Liza P, uh, you you play as the you play as the the Pinocchioed up uh, Timothy Chalamet uh, with a robot arm, uh, and you, you you go through a, a a not bloodborne city where instead of beasts it uh, automatons, and you 
you you hit things with your 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 weapons and uh, things can hit back and rolling is basically useless because you're expected to perfect parry everything like in Sekiro pretty much. Uh it's very hard for that reason for me because I'm not good at Sekiro at all, but I feel like um at least just from the the I I I have not played past what the uh they had they had a demo before the game came out on Game Pass. I have not played past that point. That's the farthest I've gotten, which is like it's a couple hours in. It was a really long demo for what kind of game. Yeah, it it's is. a beefy demo. So that that that's um, past the 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 Circus Master. Yeah, it's I past the Circus Master. It ends at the um it's past the like hotel crot. The, the the constable boss. Oh yeah, the the, 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 yeah, the big police hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I, I feel like the the window for a perfect parry is a lot more generous than it is for a uh, Sekiro. Um, at least, I don't know if it changes with different, like... Yeah, so I can talk about the, the parry system here is really interesting, because being another Souls-like enjoyer, I, I think the things that Lies of P does are very interesting just from, like, a gameplay perspective of a lot of people say this is a lot harder than most of the Souls games. Like, they, there are people having a lot of difficulty with this, and I'm, I was one of them for a while, Part of that is that the um, the parry is not like Sekiro. You can tap the button. You don't need to hold yeah. the button. You can tap it. Liza P, you have to hold it. Your parry won't yeah. go through if you're not actively holding the button. So you have to get used to this idea of, like, if you're going to go for a parry, you need to commit, and at least you'll block it if you don't get the perfect parry. Or you need to, like, full dodge, like, just run away and get away from the hit at all. Um, which is really interesting. It's an interesting flow to combat that is like somewhere in between Bloodborne and Sekiro. Yeah. You, you, you've had to remind me of that several times when I was playing on... It's, well, yeah, like you yeah. don't know because the game doesn't tell you this. Like you just, you would have to feel it out. Yeah. And the it's... only real way to do that is to have already played Sekiro or Bloodborne or something. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get used to. This is a hard game. Uh, I, I never got used to it. <laughs> I, I, I'd say I can reliably do it about... 60 to 65 percent of the time and it yeah, feels they give you like, so satisfying to perfect like theory. the first that's, that's um, part of the drug sort of like mad stalker you fight in the the factory is a good test of parrying of like if you get to that point and you want to beat that like optional guy you will have to know how to parry because otherwise you're just going to be taking so oh, much the guy damage. in the mouse yeah the yeah, guy in the, yeah. the mouse i'm just like oh so this is the guy who teaches you how to perfect parry yes <laughs> this this may be a soulsborn thing Souls-like things that I'm not used to, but I had a really hard time with when a uh, when an enemy was like shining red. You basically had to parry it. In mm -hmm. so many other melee games that I play, if they like shine red like that, you have to. It means dodge. get away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, I, like, there, that, there are that, instances in a lot of my, them where a you long can time get far enough to... away from them. Yeah, to avoid so the most of those um, are actually avoidable if you get far enough away, but the the game is not consistent with that. Where like the warning they show you the first yeah. time that pops up is don't dodge. They say like don't dodge, perfect parry. And the problem is that those red attacks do so much damage. They are by far like many of them will near one shot you. So if you miss a perfect parry and because they only work on a perfect parry if you're blocking if you just regularly block, it's not going to do anything. So you have to hit that yeah. perfect parry window, or you have to get away. 
Uh, and if if they don't one shot you, then they're gonna knock you down long enough for the boss to just uh, pull a combo you've never seen out of its ass before. Yeah. Let's talk about Foco for a second, ground. Alex, because I I like Foco as a boss fight, but Foco had one set of moves where if you got hit by one thing, you would be stun locked oh, until done. dead. Yeah. It, it was relatively easily avoidable, so I'm not that mad. But it is just like that, was that the <laughs> charge into the wall that got you? Or no, for me the, it was uh, the, the when he fire. pulls out the combo, if you get hit by the first hit of that combo, you can't get out of it. And if you don't oh, have enough spin. vitality, it's a full kill. It's just oh, full my, kill. My favorite. <laughs> I remember going on a huge rant about that in Armored Core 6, right? Yeah, like <laughs> I, I have a, a huge problem with Souls like that do that, or any game that does that really, because it's just not fun if you get hit by yeah, one thing annoying. and then full die. At least Foco, it's relatively easy to once you've seen it once or twice, you you know how to avoid it. And the walk back is not far. It's a super easy walk back. Yeah, the I, I feel like the the level organization too is is pretty nice as far as it comes with checkpointing for for Lies of P. Yeah. Um, why? Why? I okay. <laughs> why, why is it in every single Souls game or any Souls like? Why do they always put enemies behind corners because and doorways it's funny. and shit? It's because that's part stupid. of the genre. <laughs> I'm it's sorry, by Wyatt. This, by it's this you fall for it once, and then you and then you know they're and there. And then you learn you you learn it's to look cheap. out for it. It's I, I don't like it. You but learn it's, to it's look out cheap for it one time. That's it's you, you, you learn your lesson and you move on. <laughs> yeah, they they. Nobody. They pull it once, and then you know that it's something that it, they're going to pull, and it makes you more aware of... It, it, it forces you to look around your environment and, like, the, okay, there's a corner there I could see coming up. I'm going to go peek around with the camera to see if there's actually a guy over there. Most of the time, after the first one, there will never be one ever that, again, and they will and have it, had it you, you on by your, the balls it, for the whole it, game. It, I will say, it keeps you on your toes. That's why it's so much funnier, because you're, like, you're just paranoid about it for the entire game. It's like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's also why say, the third-person camera is so helpful in that. It feeds into your mm -hmm. paranoia. I will say... I think this game isn't nearly as bad with it because they place enemies in a way where it's a lot easier to see them. Like really, I was gonna say I think Lies of Peace has some of the nastier ones. At least in the time that I played, they're they're placed in a way where like you can, like you can still kind of see them if you walk through I, the doorway and you have a bit of time to. to... I will say when when you guys get back to uh, when you guys get to Crot Central Station, um. It comes back in a force in in that in that area. Yeah, I remember oh some of them God. being in like the clock tower being particularly mean. Of like something would be on a, a thing and then knock you off and you'd fall down and then die. And I'm like, that's me. The clock <laughs> tower. The clock tower is is like the 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 most negative part I have to say about this game. Is and so far I have only encountered this in the clock tower. Any other place or the like the the church clock tower yeah. area, I. Every other place where there's like above ground platforming, it you have so much more space to work with. It's much more forgiving. Yeah, it also Lies of P doesn't have a jump again. button, so this is it's, this is yeah. not like Elden Ring where you actually have yeah. an easy jump to where you can do but jumping it, puzzles and not have it be hard. But it's you you in in the the clock tower the the church like belfry, uh, level. It is I think f three or four maybe like five different floors of platforming on like these incredibly thin wooden bars as there are enemies that can hurl staggering aoe's at you uh spit things enemies that charge at you and knock you back it is 
hell and it's some of the jankiest platforming i've i've seen and it's like there's always you know souls like always have that at least that one section that in in my words to ryan i have described as so infuriating it wants it makes me want to rip half of my teeth out with needles uh break the <laughs> other half trying to eat them uh, and then shit blood <laughs> you know i can't disagree with the clock tower section because i i think that is probably my low point of the game is that one area because it looks so cool but it's just such a pain to get around because you don't have access to like an easy jump or something my, um which i totally like, think it, they could have had on the control scheme just put the jump button on one of the face buttons instead of doing the weird hold sprint and then press the jump to jump yeah, yeah. but it, it completely fixes that issue and the next time there's above ground platforming which i to my recollection is like a, a few more levels in in like the the grand i think you're the only one who got the, there yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. I, i've got so for, for reference for i'm i'm more than three quarters of the way through the game which is bizarre this is <laughs> insane to me Alex not a souls like fan don't he's not a souls like fan at all people not I, even a little definitely. bit we saw but, an inkling of this when we made you play mortal shell both brett and i thought you were gonna hate it and then you ended up liking it and we were like, this is gonna yeah, be bad okay. but my my only other like big i my my problem with a lot of like souls like and things like that that i've played because i've played uh dark souls one remastered uh, I played a little bit of Bloodboard at a friend's house, and I played uh, uh, a decent amount of Demon Souls. Um, I, I, I have dropped off and hated Dark Souls one so many times, uh, especially in the late game, because one of my bigger problems with it is that I feel like it drags on. I'm, whether that's with some type of pacing or something, I'm not sure. But I feel like the late Liza game P for keeps Dark Souls up a, one sucks. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like Liza P keeps up a really nice pacing throughout the game. It also has a more direct um, story. Like Lies of B yeah, has a more yeah, easy to follow story going on. Yes, that's, that's one of the. Oh, you and, can go, Alex. And, oh, and after I was oh. kind of switching topic. It was about Lies oh, of P, okay. of course. But go ahead. Uh, I, I was. That's that's one of the things that I wanted to say is that this game doesn't like. It really doesn't bother with any like crazy set dressing from the start whatever you just kind of wake up and you can go and you just it, 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 okay well we're, we're playing the game now here's basically all the tools that i have and it's just up to me to to learn them they told me the buttons and when is the best time so i'll just figure it out which i i it was kind of refreshing to not have this like very like deliberate plotting slow build up because i feel like it it, it doesn't work as well for this kind of game where it's just like I, I, responding to the enemies is the more interesting thing the yeah. learning the tools that i have is going to happen while doing that i don't need to be babied for six hours until i get to that point right uh but that that combined with the uh the level design of the first level especially uh just go really well hand in hand to just like i I know people were very skeptical about the what the quality of the game would be like uh, before it came out, and then the demo came out, and people were like, "Oh, okay, yeah." We we were worried about the level design because the level design is one of the biggest things about like a real FromSoft game that uh, makes it feel like a FromSoft game, where things loop back on themselves, uh, like areas are are like telegraphed to you in a certain way. There's like locked doors and then one way paths so many like locked that. doors um, oh my god but it's and it's designed in a super interesting like 
twisty, turny, vertical way in Lies of P, at least from the, the parts of the beginning that I've played. So yeah, that keeps up throughout yeah, the, I, I the parts so. that I've played, at least, which is a, a good bit past where you are, but nowhere near where Alex is. Yeah. But, but, continuing, <laughs> but continuing with the, like, the, the one gripe that I had with a bunch of Souls Licks that I've played, that Lies of P, I th- hesitantly, I say, fixes. Is I especially in Dark Souls One, I got stuck for such an exhausting amount of time on so many of the bosses. It was just an an unfun slog of of bits. Um, and you know, go, going back and grinding, I don't know if I just didn't appreciate it more uh, back then. But it you have to go back and grind usually for for levels if you're stuck in a boss in Liza P a lot less. Uh, than than you would in the the souls likes that I've I've played previously, if if you know like you can tell it's not a okay I just need to dodge this thing or I'm getting unlucky where it's like a, okay I'm clearly under leveled for it. Um, there's that. There's also the um, the 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 buddy system, the echoes. What are what are they that you can summon into to boss Buddies, fights? With I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If they have an actual name. Um, they they almost trivialize like the actual fog door bosses to a point where it gets it it's it's a level of complexity where it's like you you can learn the patterns learning the patterns are fun for like the the first time through uh and then it's just like okay it's just like sort of like a, a health thing that i have to get through at this point if i'm not dealing if i'm not like in like the heavy damage dealing uh type build then i can bring a buddy in with me they can soak up a few hits and it is it, it's like a perfectly most of the time relaxing level of difficulty that's still stressful in in a boss fight way the the parts that still have me you know grinding my teeth and having and wanting to rip them out with needles uh, are the mini bosses of each area though those are a huge slog um they're they're interesting in that you know they're usually you know a completely new enemy type um that that's going to introduce you to, to to new patterns and things like that and new gimmicks of a certain um, enemy faction and things like that, but they're they're always placed at, at the part of the level where even like a few times f- f- through after practicing and going back to your stargazer and whatnot, you're still gonna be lower on uh, potions and things like that, and you're just gonna be like, okay, beat me beat me up already. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna actually agree with that, you on that. That's definitely much so, more of a slog than the actual boss. I think most of the mini bosses to me have been harder than the actual bosses just because yeah. of where they are. They tend to put them exactly where you think a stargazer will be. Mm-hmm. So you end up like you go, "Oh, I'll push one more room because I think I might find safety past it." And then they dump a mini boss on you and you're like, "All right, time to leave." And like I multiple times just turned around and then went back to where I came from all the way back to the the stargazer to rest and then I, just ran through is... all the other enemies to get back to it. I have routinely spent so many more attempts on mini bosses than I have on actual bosses, and also, oh my, the like the 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 second phase for bosses things, oh, it it gets so intense, and oh, there's there there's stuff that I can't talk about for for spoiler reasons with our with our demo treatment, but oh my god, some of the bosses are so fun. Um, also, another thing that I can talk about with our... I, I'm going to be talking about Liza P a lot since I've played so much of it. <laughs> no, yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> go for it. Uh, but you, you were talking earlier about you know, teaching me the, the, the tools of the game pretty pretty early on. Um, the, the tools that you have to work with are interesting. 
you, you have like the, the basic like hard punch arm at first, but the first arm that you that you can choose to get uh, is the the grappling hook arm, which yeah, we should specify the, the big sort of like makes gimmick of gameplay in Lazapi is you have a trick arm and you can craft weapons functionally. Yes, like, that too. You combine you weapon the, handles, the blade of... unless it's a boss weapon, which the boss yeah. weapons are also very cool. There's some really fun I, ones. Um, I, I've been running with the umbrella boss weapon for the entire game, and I ju and one of the um like the the last boss that I just beat, um from a puppet graveyard level, um the the weapon it gives you is a katana. And it, 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 and it has an S in the stat that I've been specking into, so I'm not not going to use it. <laughs> yeah, that's your weapon now. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, the trick one... arms are all super cool. The, you have things like you have one that turns into a shield, but of course it's not a regular shield. It's a shield that explodes when something hits it. Yeah. And then you get like that... an explosive punch counter. Um, which punch ones counter. have you been using, Alex? What's your, uh, your go-to? There's, there's one that uh, is a rocket launcher that has like time delay missiles. I was using that for a while in in certain mechan in certain encounters and maps because okay, there's a lot more uh, further away enemies in this one that I can't necessarily pull towards me with the grapple, so I might as well try to pick them off, get them unbalanced from afar with that one. Um, so the the ones that I've been mainly using were the grappling hook, um, the, the the rocket launcher, and I have um, crafted, but I haven't used the shield arm yet. I also crafted and used a little bit. Of the electric arm, there, there's of also you know an arm for each element that you can do. There, there's an electric arm, a fire, a flamethrower arm, uh, an arm that spits acid. Um, but I fully, but and each of these arms too, they have like a, a tree of three upgrades, or not not a tree, uh, a a line of three upgrades that you can get for them. Uh, I have fully upgraded the grappling hook arm. It's so fun. It's 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 so fun. So the the first thing is being able to extend your grappling hook range. Grappling hook pulls enemies towards you, so you can get to them. Uh, so you, you you can bring them over to you. Uh, the second upgrade is that holding down the the grappling hook shot, uh, it brings you to enemies. And the third upgrade, the third upgrade is when it pulls you to enemies, you do a kick flip off them. And then stab them as you fall down onto them. It is so rad. It's ridiculous. That's pretty sweet. Just pretty sick, yeah. Oh, there's also an arm that lays down mines, which is really good for, you know, if, if you have like a playstyle where you like to kite enemies a lot. And there's a lot of narrow corridors where you can uh, do some damage to them, uh, to, to a particularly troublesome mini boss that then becomes a normal enemy that you face. Mm -hmm. The one, the. Um, while I have a sec here, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, I didn't get super far in this game to have lengthy discussion like uh, Alex did, but uh, the one thing that struck me about it was that I really liked some of the uh, the, the visual design on some of the enemies. Mm -hmm. um, I find some of the real basic ones a little bit boring, but like some of the more mini-boss or boss designs with their like sort of industrial machinery and whatnot, I thought was fun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Lies of P just it has a really good combination of aesthetic gameplay and like design that isn't just copying Souls likes, but doing something unique with the Souls like formula, yeah. which I think is often I, where games yeah. fall flat. Is they just don't I agree. do I, a unique thing. 
There's also, of, of course, there's also, you know, not getting into this, but there are, like, many Souls, like, uh, multiple endings that you can do through dialogue decisions in this game, where it gives you a choice between either telling the truth or lying. A very recurrent theme, especially for a Pinocchio game. Uh, yeah, that, that's very I interesting. <laughs> I'm kind of a, I, a Pinocchio hater, so uh, <laughs> I was, like, Pinocchio not looking forward to that part of this, but... Uh... One thing I will say is is that uh, when I first started seeing like trailers and promotional stuff for this game, people talking about it, I was very dismissive of its art style and its tone at first because to me, one hundred percent, I counterpicked this I, game. It, it felt did, very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. thought it looked like crap. Well, it honestly. felt very. Do you remember that that um, era in Hollywood where they would take a fairy tale and then try to make it this like the Brothers Grimm type epic, stuff? Yeah, very yeah. like mm -hmm. very just not it, it was just junk and that and that's exactly what it looked like and i was like Hansel oh, and gretel God. witch hunters what the hell is this Wasn't hey, there a snow white honestly okay Hansel and gretel witch hunters is like b-movie fun that, mo that movie's <laughs> kind of fun it's not a good movie but it's kind of fun um but i want to say like an hour into playing i was like all right i'm actually kind of sold on this this is really neat um I, I will say that in the future, I, I need someone to talk to about this. Why they they went they went like all in and they didn't really like back out or anything because that's what a lot of like those like hardcore fantasy adaptations do is that they mm -hmm. try and like pull away from the source material as much as possible. I feel like this one really embraced it. Oh um, yeah, there's I, if, I if you have read the original Pinocchio story, it's a twisted uh, story. There, like, if you have read the original story. It gives away some of the plot, and then there's also like really interesting twists on how the story goes and things like that, and takes on it's. But it, it if I'm if I'm if, the source material in a really cool way. Uh, if I'm if I'm correct, I think the what was it called the the circus master, the first big boss that you fight. Yeah. It's kind of supposed to be the um, what what the heck is his name? The like the like circus guy that kind of brings Pinocchio around. Um, yeah. Um. And I just, I don't know, it was, I was like, actually, I actually really dug the, because, um, because again, they embraced it. They didn't shy away from it. They, they know just, how to stick to a bit, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was yeah. really, it was really well done, actually. Um, I think that was my biggest surprise, was that I grew to really, really like their interpretation of this, uh, of this story. I definitely felt the same way, where I was, I was expecting it to be kind of just like a, oh, look, we made a kid's property edgy. Yeah, I mean, and it also <laughs> to to come out in a time when there's they they did the, they give it the Guillermo del Toro treatment. Well, like well, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. It. In an era where we've had like six different Pinocchio things come out, <laughs> I know, last, yeah. like, Too year, much it was it was actually really cool to see something that was like so different, and and again embrace the the source material. Yeah. All right, well, I think that covers Lies of P. I think this is a pretty universal recommendation for all of us to try, at least. Like, obviously, this is a hard yeah, Souls-like game. You might bounce off of it, and that's totally fine. But this is certainly something that I think people should give a shot, especially if you're like Alex and don't think you like Souls-like and, th and then wind up being the biggest Souls-like enjoyer of all of us. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is certainly I'll stop picking on you the sooner you realize and accept it, Alex. There, there, there's also a uh, an NPC that you encounter a good few times. That's a a a rotary phone, and he tells you riddles that you can solve. What? And I like riddles. I think you made that up. I don't think that's actually no, that's real. That's, 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 that's real. Yeah, but no, yeah. you made that up. 
He gave me a Trinity key the last time I encountered him. Oh. <laughs> also, very good music. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the music is incredible. Sure. The sound design in general is is very, very good. Oh, yeah, I love lots of, like, the... like, um... little touches of, like, you have a grindstone in your arm, so you repair animation as you yeah. take yeah. your weapon and, like, drawing it through your elbow while it vrooms, and it looks super cool. I do say, oh, I, the... love, I love sharpening an umbrella. Uh, as, <laughs> as my uh, as my thing, I, and like I, when I when I do the 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 backstab attack, it sounds like I'm revving a chainsaw into someone with the oh, it's oh. one sound design uh, element that really stuck out to me was um what's what's her name that upgrades your weapons um at the hotel? Oh god, what is her name? Like Eugenia or something like that. Um, something like that. Yeah, something like that. The there's there's a little lady. there's a little like wooden bird. It's like a cuckoo clock almost, and it's like. And it's like a like yeah. a um, oh yeah, and it's like hitting this. I, I I don't know. I just it was really well done. <laughs> it was just this like completely just for atmosphere and not for gameplay or anything. And I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Just like have, the, have you like, gone, they get the little stuff. Did Did you go behind her workbench at all? No. There, there's a little area of a, a p- arrangement of porcelain cats. Yeah, there's a ton of them <laughs> all in like a pile. <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty good. That says, please don't touch. <laughs> all right well that's our lives of p take i think we're all pretty happy with it and uh any final thoughts before we move on to our next duo of games uh, uh your your I... skill tree is called your p organ yeah <laughs> yeah it was so funny when i told when i told my girlfriend what game i was playing she's like i'm sorry it's called what <laughs> She would not if stop. You can get past that. that. Right. Listen, 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 my girlfriend on Apple Podcasts. If we're talking about pee organs, yeah, yeah. You know, if cool. until you asked that question, I wasn't thinking about it. Now, yeah. Um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll say my next game. Uh, I, I'm 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 sorry if you were going to say this, Alex, but uh, I, I'm going to say Solar Ash because I've been wanting other people to, All right. to play it. I'm, yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. I and it's in a rare twist of fate, Brett and I have played this game, and no one. I know, yeah, yeah. Because I think I, I bugged you to play it because I really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's um, cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just. I this is another one of those cases where I'm just curious to see what uh, everybody else thinks because I, uh, I think I, I may have hundred percented it on the PS4. Oh my god! <laughs> I never, I never I really finished liked it. it. I never but finished how... it, which is a shame. How far would you with, with that? How far would you say like our usual demo treatment would get us into the game? How how long of a runtime did you encounter? That would be For... a fair like um, summation of it, I think. Yeah, like you 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 definitely get you get all the mechanics because it's not like yeah. a kind of game where you get, it's like it's not like an RPG where you introducing new things. shit. In the they last they really the game. yeah. What they what they do is they really mess with the level design rather than what you're exactly going to do. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm going to bounce us over to Alex for our next game. Alex, what did you pick this time? The the uh, the the third game in the series. I after hearing uh what Wyatt uh give our sentence onto us with uh 20 <laughs> uh, 2042. I you and I decided picked comfort I games. Yeah. yeah we, Ryan and I both picked comfort games. I picked the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind uh, for us to play, which might not be a comfort game to, uh, for, for, <laughs> for anyone else. How, I was going for, to say for, for I was going to ask. You are in 
I was gonna ask hardcore of an RPG uh, elements person you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Brett, Brett. You were you were going to say? I think Brett's uh, just stunned by the moralness <laughs> of all of this. I uh, I'll say I've never played the only Elder Scrolls games I have played before this were um Skyrim and some of Elder Scrolls Online. So, Skyrim was the first one I played, yeah, I and then Oblivion, was... and then Elder Scrolls Online for a little I have, bit. And then I have vague memories of trying Morrowind as a small child and not understanding what the heck was going on. Oh, was it better um, this time? That's understandable. <laughs> well, I mean, I understood what was going on. You know, <laughs> I understood uh, well, what, I, what was happening. This is something I've teased you a little bit about before. Okay. How you like that dice roll combat, Wyatt? <laughs> Oh, I feel like this is going to be the, the <laughs> biggest contentious moment here. So everyone knows. I don't think we're going to give Morrowind an introduction, right? Like everyone no, has yeah. heard of Morrowind, or no, it's it is the like the first. It's after Daggerfall. It was the. I'd I'd say it's more widely known than Daggerfall. Yeah, I'd say this is like I the first sure. true um, classic AAA first yeah, person it, RPG. It's also yeah. the first true 3D as well, because the last one was sprites before. This is, you know, they're breaking into it. It's 2002. We got those crunchy graphics um, as oh, like a, a setup for graphics. this. Yeah, oh, we got those crunchy graphics that, that, that draw distance. <laughs> uh, this was a this was uh, when the series before Oblivion. Uh, this was when the series was still designed around PC, so you got these really like these these MMO esque menus uh, to work around and that are very customizable oh, God, too. Which was the menus, nice I think, were the hardest thing for me. <laughs> really, um, I, but it's getting used to what buttons opened and closed. Menus. The like right click menu probably. I, I, like, it I took don't me know. way too long I, to get to I the don't know right what you're talking about, Alex. I love space as interact and ease. Jump. Default control scheme uh. is whack. <laughs> It is. And I and and it's dumb. I kind of <laughs> like spaces It's dumb. Um, but so the the setup for this was Bethesda was in a, a rough place financial financially, and they're like, okay, uh, we need to make this count. They didn't have like a huge team working on Morrowind. To in in my eyes, at least, this is when Bethesda was able to put like ha, this is. The, the game that Bethesda has, like, still to this day, put the most passion they ever had I into making a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really interesting to me, because Morrowind is a, a game that I have some nostalgia from, because, like, I remember my earliest video game memories, and this is really going to date me, so if you feel old after this, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just watching my dad play Morrowind, but they're not big, fully formed memories because I was very little at the time. My dad was playing Morrowind. Yeah, this uh, was this came out in two thousand two. I'm pretty sure the majority of us were uh, three years old. Yeah, I was yeah, four. So, <laughs> not not a not a big kid then. So I didn't really understand what was going on, but it looked fun. <laughs> so I would like sit and watch him play Morrowind for hours. Um, yeah, and I got used to doing that. So I had nostalgia of that, but I had never played Morrowind until college like actually played it um i had played it obviously before we did we did this episode since then but it's really interesting i think because i had a similar experience um to alex where you kind of played things in reverse order 
Yeah. Um, other Alex. Yeah, Alex Prime. <laughs> I mean, I also yes played them in reverse order. It yeah, I guess we all have, have had a similar experience, right? Of like, yeah. my first Elder Scrolls was Oblivion, and that's the one that I have the most nostalgia for. But after that, I played a ton of Skyrim. And so I was very familiar with those two, but way less so with uh, Morrowind. And so jumping back in and, and playing it on like modern stuff with hardware that works and feeling through that game is a very weird times you're seeing so many old school design choices that are combined with just like really really well designed content yeah which is super interesting because like this is it's a game that is not it doesn't hold your hand at all it tells you where to go and then you go there and you have to figure it out because your map doesn't mark anything so you better know where you're going you do have a good journal I with, did... with the beginning of like the 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 feeling for Elder Scrolls games being exploration as one of the big Bethesda keystones for their games or what they wanted to say for the games, some somewhat of a knock on Starfield right now, um, but exploration I think was done phenomenally well for for people who like are really into that and charting their own course and like map geek esque people in mm-hmm. Morrowind because you don't have uh waypoint things or, or like you know the the compass direction constantly pointing you in the way to the quest uh what you have is really good writing because there wasn't a lot of voice acting so they could write a lot more um for things mm-hmm. they could get really were... descriptive with things they yeah. could tell you okay uh you're at this part of the city you're looking for this person yeah you go uh down three blo- blocks take a right uh if you hit the skooma addict you've gone too far yeah, and you yeah, can go back I, I and talk like, to someone to figure out if you figure, forgot where it is. You yeah. gotta go back and talk I to the really, bus giver. The, or like, the, the dialogue, do, too, how that's handled is like a really interesting word search puzzle uh, yeah, as well. I, I felt like some of those aspects of it were really immersive in a way that Bethesda has kind of taken a step away from, mm-hmm. especially in games like Fallout 4 and since then. Yeah, I, this I really... is a conversation system that's a little bit more similar to something that was that is like I mean the modern equivalent would maybe be Disco Elysium, but it's definitely more like a text adventure than traditional RPG dialogue. It, it's really, the UI it's really is cool. practically text adventure. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it I mean, it basically like, is. It, it it turns like a dictionary or a thesaurus into a puzzle game. Yeah, I, I found that really, really interesting. It really does feel the most like here's a tabletop RPG adventure game. Yes. We're going to take this and smash it onto your PC screen. It, it very yeah. much felt like that for better. And maybe sometimes for worse. It, it's, it's definitely, it was, it's not, if, if you aren't, if you aren't <laughs> like really proficient and really enthusiastic in RPGs, this isn't really a game to start with because of the lack of things that it explains. It, See, it wants yeah. you to be familiar with like mechanics and limitations of that time. As so, well as so, like the complexity of systems that Skyrim definitely, Skyrim and Oblivion uh, to some degree definitely I, sort of funnel down and, and make easier. I agree and disagree with that statement. Um, here's where I might, here's where a lot of my criticisms are going to come in, okay? Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm also going to make the distinction, this game I think is designed not for me, and that's okay. Like, I fully accept that. What I will say, and the the issue that I have with it, is that... I I totally understand the charm of it feeling very much like a tabletop game translated into a 
PC game. And I think for a lot of people, that's going to be really enjoyable because a lot of people, myself included, have a lot of fond memories playing D&D Pathfinder with their friends late into the night with a bunch of snacks everywhere, right? Here's my thing. If die rolls in something like D&D, Pathfinder, whatever, are meant to simulate you doing an action and how successful you are in doing that action. When you translate that into video game form, it's a completely different thing because you are doing those actions. There should be die yeah. rolls in the background to determine the amount of damage that you're doing. But if I'm close enough to hit something with my sword, I don't understand why there's also a die roll there. Because that's basically it, translated from tabletop. Video games, the, it goes from being a, like, the best way to abstract skill in a tabletop game is a die roll with modifiers. In a video yeah. game, you are doing the action, right? Like, you're clicking on yeah. the thing to attack it. So the expectation it's, it's, is if you click it, you I attack it. Also, with, with, the, uh, with how well Baldur's Gate is doing, do you think that die roll combat is also at its worst when it's in real-time combat and not in... Absolutely. That's but, that's, yeah. but that's the difference, is that Baldur's Gate is from a... Yeah. Baldur's Gate is turn-based. It's from a, a zoomed... It's not a first-person game. This is a first-person or third-person game. So I think the expectation is a lot different and again i think it's just it's this weird translation thing of like if i'm close enough to this person in a first person you know like combat live act like live real-time combat game if i'm close enough to hit him with my sword that's the translation of a die roll right there it just to me it kind of muddies the water and it takes me out of it when i fully swing my sword and it goes right through someone and no damage is done that's when like have them block it have them like dodge out of the way. So this is why this is why Kotor is my like touchstone for good feeling real time die roll combat. The original Knights of the Old Republic, because in Knights of the Old Republic, you would get animations of you missing or the enemy blocking whenever you didn't, and it would generally look really cool. Of like they had synced up animations. So if you were fighting an enemy with a, a lightsaber or a vibroblade, you yeah. would do like a clash, and you would see that you're not hitting them. One of my and earliest memories playing that game. One of my earliest memories of playing KOTOR was me shooting someone in the hallway of that very first of that opening, like, section, right? And then my guy, like, dodging through these, like, um, blaster bolts as he continues to fire. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, Because, I, I again, there's a visual this... translation as to what's going on. If you're just not hitting anything, it's not even telling you that you're not hitting anything. It's yeah. just, it feels like there's a lack of, of feedback and you just don't know what's going on. <laughs> This this is this is a very important question, especially because you know this is an RPG game, and this sort of loops back loops back into the the understanding of the mechanics thing that I was talking about with its accessibility. Um, I, I think it's important for us to all say like what type of character that we went in, what type of like class or build did you guys uh, go into Morrowind with? I think I was a what, what type uh, of character did you want to play? I think I was a Red Garden Knight. I just like swords. I like hitting things oh, yeah. with swords. That's, and you chose a class that was built on hitting things with that's, swords. That's what it is. I, I so, like to hit so things you with should. Swords. So unfortunately, you're still with the die roll system. You're going to be doing the misses. But it's it's definitely a thing where, um, you know, you are built to hit things with a sword. You are going to be doing it more often than, let's say, I picked a wizard. If I was to pick up a melee weapon and try to hit something with it, I might be able to hit it 10% of the time. And that's and that's the problem, right? As someone who's specced into a Redguard Knight, probably the most melee-based thing out there, I was hitting enemies when I was right in their face like 40% of the time. Mm. It just, it, it doesn't, 
it doesn't feel good at that point. It just gets frustrating, especially when there's no feedback telling you what's going on. It's just not doing anything. <laughs> and I am. Um... I, I I did a uh, a high elf mage so I could do a little uh, cheesing of the mechanics because this is it, it's a game with a lot of passion. It's also incredibly broken, and I love exploiting those things. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, more not also be a breaking, I still like a little bit of I still like a little bit of challenge, so I'm not gonna like hyper level to like where mm -hmm. every spell that I do one shots everything in the game. That that's a little bit boring. What I will do is make a fireball. Uh, that hits 100 meters uh, as a Morrowind, radius. and Alex, I think you'll agree with this, Morrowind for me is is the example of why balancing single-player games doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's super fun. And one of the, one of the, one of the like, <laughs> lore things that I love to talk about in Morrowind is the mechanical justification in the lore for save scumming. Uh, your character... <laughs> may or may not be the Nerevar, the the reincarnation of the Nerevarian. Um you which you at the end of the game you can and throughout several points you can just fully choose to deny if you are them or not. It's like, nah, I, I I was playing along with the government scheme that I'm trying to pull over on you guys. I'm just a random dude uh, type things or yes, I am the chosen one. I will unite the people of the Ashlands. Um but uh the the save scumming mechanic bit uh you, you the nerevar is in tune with a force called the chime or the the chime or the chim i will continue to pronounce it a different way each time i talk about it because i am not sure that line isn't voice acted i don't know how it's pronounced you're off lore um, heads right now it's great you're <laughs> so mad but, alex but it is <laughs> but it's it is essentially the the force of the timelines what what's later de described in in Skyrim in lore as the as like it's equivalent to a dragon break is is your character rewriting and visiting different timelines in which okay I died in this battle what if I didn't um essentially and reloading a save and you can <laughs> interact with one of the the three sort of like not main characters but like big forces within the world the the uh tribunal of gods you have Almalexia, Vivek, and Sothasil, uh, who are for like lots of lore reasons, um, uh, Dunmer, Altmer, and something in between that ascended to godhood, essentially, as far as normal people are concerned in the world. Uh, you can visit Vivek in Vivek City, uh, in in the game on Vardenfell, which is the island in the middle of Morrowind that this game takes place on, a very, very volcanic island that loves to spew ash in your face and disease. Of course. Um, but you can you can go meet Vivek, and you can talk to him through force or getting an invitation through multiple different ways. Um, and you can try to start a fight with him either physically or verbally, and he will refuse to fight you because he he is like the, the warrior poet god. He sees and acknowledges that you have power over this Chimen. Uh, I, I knew I'd find a different way to pronounce it that time. Um, and he says, no, why would I fight you if, even if I kill you in this reality, you will come back again and you will kill me. This is a lose-lose battle for me. I choose not to participate uh, type type deal going on. Yeah, super interesting. And I, I also want to just give Morwen a lot of credit for the sandbox nature of it. I think this is like by far the most sandboxy thing that mm. Bethesda has put out. 
Um, it's, it's the Elder Scrolls game with flight in it. And that <laughs> plays into so many optional things in dungeons. Like, there are so many, like, different dungeons and caves that you can explore where looking up reveals, like, a whole new path and things like that. There's so many, like, hidden alcoves and a bunch a of dungeons of or secret paths or things that you can go over. You can just completely avoid traps by flying over them. It's, it was, it's such a fun thing. And then, unfortunately, because of how, um, cities are, are are loaded and in different like loading areas in in games pre uh after that the they have the the lore reason that uh flight is outlawed uh unfortunately for for magic use yeah i don't think that has uh, to do with how cities are loaded i bet it's level design god, that's like god that's like Probably saying that, that there's mechs in the world and then not putting mechs in them god the, the nerve <laughs> the nerve i um it's still I'm... stupid i still don't care <laughs> <laughs> I um, I really was struck playing Morrowind for the first time. How what what class did you play? What what character? Oh, did you uh, play? I made a Khajiit warrior. Um, I'm I Alex, didn't really twenty five Khajiit warrior. Hello, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I Alex. Um, I didn't really have anything in mind going in with a class, and so I just did that little quiz thing at the beginning, and I was just like, oh sure, I'll go with that. Why not? Hey, there's also a personality quiz thing that you can do that that chooses your that, class for you or makes like a custom one that's pretty fun. I was like, sure, that's warrior, that thing, sounds fine. That's one thing that I thought was really cool was like there there's not just a lot of ways to customize your like what kind of class you want to be, whether that's like one that they've made or a custom class, but there's just a lot of different methods of helping you pick the character that you want that I thought was really cool I, that you don't see nowadays. You kind of wish you got any gameplay before you pick the class. <laughs> um, yeah. But it didn't really matter. Um, the, the punishing bit with the necessary familiarity with the, the mechanics yeah. and stuff like that oh, at the time. Well, what like almost immediately struck me, and I've seen Morrowind before, so this wasn't entirely new, but um, what I really like about it over some of the other Elder Scrolls games, which I'm... I'm once again, I'm I'm feeling like I'm a hater tonight. Uh, not a big Skyrim fan. Um, so I was kind of coming in with a not a big fan of Elder Scrolls opinion. Uh, but I really like some of the like world design going on in Morrowind. It's mm -hmm. so much more unique than oh, it's completely alien to like any culture yeah, we have. It's, it's so, such it's like a cool so Martian cool. aesthetic. The Silk Almost. Striders as a means of fast travel is one of just the, the most interesting... Yeah. Like, That's true. Mechanically, no fast travel fast besides travel. the bug bus. Yeah, and it's but super, it's... Well, it's... It's super interesting how, like, they're controlled, too, how we basically have to have access to their, like, inner body, like, outside of the shell in mm. order to control them and stuff, which is really interesting. I just think that, um... Uh... The, the the visual design of the world um, is so engrossing that that's the biggest thing for me to hook me into this mm -hmm. game. And immediately you see that um, Dark Elf, a character who talks to you, I think I think that's the first guy you talk to on the boat. Uh, and he looks Jib, like Or not St. Jib, just Jib at that point. He looks so kind of alien and cool. Mm -hmm. um, I really kind of like, despite the designs being really kind of dated and chunky, I feel like some of the designs in that game are 
more unique than they are in the more recent Elder Scrolls games. Yeah, I think there's a a reason that indie devs doing first-person Kingsfield likes tend to go for a Morrowind-esque art style, or early Kingsfield art style, because it works. It's a... It's easy to make, but it also looks good enough for most things to get the point across. Yeah, you have that aesthetic as well as the design. I believe this was like the introduction to to bone mold armor, uh, which was an entirely like new concept and process where it's like melting down and and forming uh, calcium from from things from 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 dead creatures. Oh, that that was a really cool bit. Um, is that there was also it's like really cool bit on um it's 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 really cool to bit on um daedric armor as well also oh my god the the amount of equipment slots that you have as a yes. character yeah has completely ruined any other like game where you equip items uh for me yeah and despite and this being like, okay, like an early rpg standard. You still see all your armor on you and you see yeah. all the the pieces you add and like good. individual shoulder can, pads you can lay your clothing. You can like have a mm-hmm. shirt, an undershirt, a robe. You can have a breastplate on top of a robe. And yeah. it's it's there are like something that, that... you can t- equip pauldrons separately and leg bits separately. It's so customizable. It was something that like I already knew in the back of my head that I I wasn't a huge fan of this, but thinking back on how little customization you get with Starfield, for instance. Like, yeah, they're having individual pieces is a little bit harder to justify because they're spacesuits and it would look weird if you patch together different parts of spacesuits. But even just your other stuff, it's like, why can't we have gloves? Why can't we have individual shoes? You know what I mean? It just, it was, it's really, it was really frustrating as you go up, as you go through, you know, the, the Elder Scrolls catalog or the Fallout catalog, that this is something that gets worse and worse with every yeah. game. I feel like they tried to bring it back a little bit with Fallout 4, but it was very it was very specific about what you could put on top of other pieces of clothing, which was really yeah. annoying. There, there, I hope there it's is something a that fun... they bring back in whatever next game, like Elder Scrolls 6 or whatever. There, there is an incredibly scuffed mod that someone made as a meme for, for Morrowind that I didn't include in my playthrough, even though it's just purely um, aesthetic. Um, yeah. But there is a mod for a legendary set of gear or a very very rare set of gear because I, I, items aren't really ranked by rarity in this. It's just like, ooh, it's the that that type of material type type thing. Um, but <laughs> there is a it, they are labeled as a set, uh, but they're two separate items. There is a uh, a right footed shoe that is a croc and a left footed shoe that is a Gucci flip flop that you can wear. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, speaking of, oh my god, uh, wearing shoes, something that not every character can do. Oh yeah. The beast that, races mm-hmm. are incredibly uh, unique in, in Morrowind, in that uh, Argonians that and Khajiit, they have digitigrade legs, they can't wear shoes. Also, they are bestial races, the, this is the, like, they have uh, They have like different animations for walking. Uh, yeah. I think I ran into a Argonian who like just like the legs are shaped different and stuff. Mm-hmm. Got like a different walking animation. Yeah, very cool. Is I went in on this, Alex, and you're gonna I don't know if you're gonna approve or really hate my mindset going into Morrowind of the character that I built, because I'm an RPG nerd and optimizer, I intentionally went for a relatively bad build because I knew I wanted I was willing to 
punch a thing 200 times to level up my ability to hit <laughs> so that I could be good See, at everything. That's, that, that's the oblivion mindset in there. That's the and oblivion it helps, mindset. It, it, it helps in Morrowind. So I went in knowing that. So I did I did a Dark Elf because I knew I wanted to lean into the whole Nereverine story and everything. And then I just kind of messed about and did like the intro quest it's, that you it's just... really easy to ignore the quest too and just do your own thing again or you way. can do the main quest but you just end up doing chores for a little bit that are like go talk yeah. to this person and do this thing and then i got looped into joining the mages guild but then the mages guild is in a feud with something else and so you have the to fighters like... guild yeah there there's a there's a war going on between them and yeah, at the and end then... you exterminate one or the other <laughs> and then the morag like, tong game... get involved and everything it's like there's <sighs> webs of stuff to do that are so much more I want to say natural than yeah. every other Elder Scrolls game that you really can just go after what you want to go after. You don't have to do anything else. And then I like went forward but got lost and accidentally went down a more high-level area and there was a dude throwing magic at me that I ran away from and managed to get the guards <laughs> in another town to help me kill him. So, what, what was your scuffed build exactly for for the? It was like it turned list? into a spear build because anytime a game gives me pole arms, I want to use them. <laughs> uh, which again is another thing that like this has way more That's weapon true. types. Uh, there's than also throwable else. weapons as well. Yeah, so yeah, I ended up using spears or... and throwables as my like main things. Um, and one thing I really like about like the right click menu is super weird and fiddly, but it's so quick, which means you can yeah. do things like swap mid combat without needing to have this super finicky favorites menu which is something i that's my biggest like nitpick with skyrim and starfield is just like handling items becomes so annoying to deal with because there's no quick way to do it you have to wait for loading animations every time so having in morrowind the ability yeah, to just like hold things. right click yeah. and pull things means i can just go do what i want to do immediately was speaking of menus for a second was anyone else, because again, I haven't played this game in many, many years, and even when I did, I didn't know what was going on. The 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 barter screens for when you're buying things at shops was very confusing. <laughs> I do I'm going to be really honest, I have really no idea how, how bartering works. <laughs> well, 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 there's that, but, I'll, but well, there's also that, but there's also just like buying things. You're, there's like no, there's nothing telling you how much gold you've spent in total or like what you've bought. Things just kind of appear. It's just it was very unclear, and so I was very nervous. To me, I felt like I was it needed buying. like a middle column almost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like what you're selling, what you're buying. It was like, yeah, exactly. It, it was it was like frustratingly vague. Of like, you like drag something into your inventory. And it's like okay, it, it it it's there. How much but money it, do I but have it's left? Not there. How much money have I spent? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Everything go, moves go to the first, mud crab and then the you have to like. Hit the button that's like, uh, I can't remember what the button says, but it's like, uh, offer this like trade or whatever. And then I guess they can say yes or no. I've never had them say no. <laughs> but yeah, everything's I, already moved around. So it's like. that. That's another uh, sort of saving grace. Like if, if you don't want to like real, if you're not building a character that's based around like really social interactions and bartering and things like that, or doesn't have a force of personality behind them. There, there are fail-saves for that in the game. Uh, two in particular. There's a little scamp uh, that you can interact with in a mason's guild uh, led by orcs in, in one of the towns. Uh, he has, I think, like 5,000 gold uh, to him that like refreshes every time you, you try to buy something from him. He has a very nice inventory. He'll buy anything you give him. And there's also a mud crab that'll buy your stuff for you. 
and he has <laughs> 10,000 gold to his name. Of course. <laughs> also, like, oh. the gold is, like, you can... You can tell and feel an item's worth in here. It's not something where like your your gold doesn't feel like there, there's not really an inflation problem in in the game or in the the um uh oh my god what's the 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 the, the, the market I guess yeah the economy that's the word to it where it's like this is a static value ebony is a rare resource uh, it's gonna be a lot you're not gonna find it until mm. like a very long way into the game yeah. um things like that i will say pivoting a little bit um this is going to be a point that applies to both this and oblivion uh jeremy souls music classic legendary oh, yeah. sounds amazing no notes yep. uh <laughs> perfect across the board oh, yeah. <laughs> iconic <laughs> classic i i i mean i really it's one of those things where it's like i don't even know what to say like it's all just so well done. No notes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> this is a little now, off now topic. Wyatt. Oh. Oh. Go ahead. Uh, now, Wyatt, what do you think of the sound design? It is <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it is... It is like the most stock sound effects imaginable. Like, volume dial, volume dials cranked all the way up. <laughs> and it is so loud... And it is so funny. <laughs> I really like the, like, weird bits of dialogue people will say when you're walking past them. Yeah. I don't Sometimes, have anything off the top of my head, but... There's some where it's like, if it's like pages, pages turning or cloth. It just sounds like someone going up really close to a mic and just going... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's hilarious. Or, or like, when you're swinging your sword and you inevitably miss ten times in a row, it's... <laughs> like, oh my god it it's it's fucking hilarious it's it's hilarious okay. and i say that lovingly it's hilarious in a very endearing like you oh. can tell it's from 2002 and this is what yeah. they were capable of at the time if, if yeah, gonna, exactly if, uh, before we get I, I i don't know why i'm doing i feel like i'm doing this in reverse order another thing i'd like to hit on uh that i feel like is is lost in uh you know more recent uh bethesda titles and elder scrolls titles as well um is that like this game uh isn't afraid of locking you out of things based on situations it's really heavy into the role playing you can you you can kill almost any npc there's barely anyone who's flagged essential uh there there's a little a pop-up window that you can get if you kill an NPC important to the plot because you can kill them and they're just gone um, unless you resurrect them. But then they're a zombie, essentially, at that point. Um, uh, the thread of prophecy has been severed. Reload a save or continue in this doomed world that you have created. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, but with it, like you can, like I said before, with mate, with guild quest lines there's a few in which you exterminate the rival guild or things like that uh there's that there's things like you know very unlike and in, in, i i always like memeing on skyrim about this part where you can <laughs> become the um uh the the head of the college of winter of winterhold without knowing how to cast a single spell <laughs> you can do that um you can't get into the mages guild yeah, without skill being a major and knowing magic yeah. 
and things like which, that. Which gets... I think that that attitude of like Mormon was not built with the idea that you're gonna play it once and move on. Yeah, which it's is built on replayability. Yeah, I, I much prefer which is that weird design because compared to modern stuff. They have stuff. sold Skyrim like twelve times now. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah like think... I feel like Bethesda knows what people do with their games. Like the people that are rebuying it are going to play it on new characters. Like they're not going to keep yeah. playing the same character. Which no. is I, I well, like what, that Mor and, and Morwen knows the... that. Like there, well, there's and, also and a part the... in the main story where you have to choose one of four houses, and it locks and it locks yeah. off one and heavily discourages the other two. And also, you. what's the the percentage of players who love these games, like all of them, regardless of how old they are, what time they came out in? What's the percentage of players that has never actually finished a Bethesda game before? I can tell you. I have many fond memories of Oblivion. I have many fond memories of Skyrim, all that stuff. I haven't finished a single <laughs> Bethesda <laughs> game. You get, you get a bunch of hours into a build, and then you want to go back and you want to try something else. Or you get a bunch of hours in, and then you get distracted by other things for a few years, and you come back and you try something completely different. Like, I feel like the ratio to people who've actually finished the main story in Bethesda games is a lot lower than people who don't play Bethesda games might think. <laughs> well, when the story's as boring as it is in Skyrim, uh, that's a high <laughs> chance. <laughs> Alright, uh, final thoughts about Morrowind. I think this is another one of those games that I think you'll already know if you will like Morrowind or not at a base level. of like If you're a person that likes RPGs and especially complex exploration focused RPGs, Morrowind will be right up your alley. You might have to jump through a lot of hoops to get used to it because it's an old game and it plays like an old game, but once you get past that like initial hurdle, Morrowind is a lot more playable than many other games from this era. To I me. think like, I'm going to go back to it later. I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much this time around, but I think at some point I'll return to dive into it. Especially with um, Morwen's modding community is excellent. It still exists. They're working on a lot of cool Tamriel projects where they're doing tons of stuff around it. You can play through like most of everyone knows there's a bunch of Skyrim big mods like remaking Morwen, remaking Oblivion in the game yeah, engine. Sky, basically, Sky, we have Skywind. We have Beyond Skyrim Morrowind. But there's uh, always they is... get a reputation of not coming out right because it, it yeah. takes forever to make them. Obviously. Morrowind, those are out. The game's been out for 20 years. Like, the mods exist. You can go play all the cool stuff that people made now. They're also not patching Morrowind in a way that breaks mods. Yeah, you know the mods are going to continue yeah. to work. OpenMW is a great uh, modern sort of engine overhaul for Morrowind just to make it run better and more compatible with new stuff. So it's super easy to get this working. 25 feet in front of me? Yeah, Morrowind is often incredibly cheap. It's never expensive, and I think even I, then, I, I believe Bethesda for... has given it away for free a couple of times. So oh, I actually think I own it and just never. I, think I it came with some. I think it's usually on sale for five or six dollars. I got it when it was three. But obviously, it's on Game Pass. Like, if you don't care about doing the mods, I think the Game Pass version works totally fine. So, can you not yeah. buy the game? And I'll I'll say for my for my closing thoughts, I I don't think I'm going to be coming back to it. Unfortunately, I think there are too many. Uh, uh, I don't want to call them translation errors. I think there's a lot of goofy translation stuff from, like I said, from tabletop to, you know, PC game that are that and uh, get on my nerves enough where I don't think I I would really enjoy myself if I kept playing. 
But I also completely, like I said earlier, I completely understand that there's a lot. Of, it's a classic game for very, you know, for for very obvious reasons. Um, I think they did a lot of really impressive things back in the day, and things that are still really impressive even compared to what we're getting today. And um, I I admire it. I don't think I'll play it again. And if I do, it'll probably be a little while. <laughs> um. Oh, wait, did did we hear from Brett at all for for Morrowind? <laughs> Not really, but I don't have all that much to say because yeah. I didn't like it very much at all. Uh, I'll, I'll I, I was expecting... I didn't like it, even though I said I'd come back to it. I I was expecting to like it a lot because I, I, I go back to games that are like older than this and have like a lot of fun. Like I... I like borderline notoriously by this point uh really love like old school low poly art style and i, I think the game looks like great and the mm. atmosphere is certainly there but, but playing it it does not feel good it does not hold up from a gameplay standpoint at all in, in my point of view and it's not like a bad control issue i like i'm fine with the controls being weird because i just go well it's from a, a we we didn't have bumpers. We had a black and white button on the controller <laughs> when this came out. Uh, so I, I bad controls are usually not a problem for me. Uh, Kingsfield has first person tank controls for God's sakes, and I would rather play that because at least you can hit things and it registers as a hit because it's a video what game. The 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 dice roll thing was was a big point of contention for you as well with, with that yeah, mechanic. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is I, because I, I spent a lot of it like going around talking to people because like just the way, until you run into people that are just spouting the same things over and over because you've run out of, uh, like, big important people to talk to for there there is a lot of that. stock dialogue that you run into. It's yeah. That seems um, like I was hitting that pretty quick. It yeah. Uh, I was like, okay, well, I should probably like play some game now and it was literally like go uh there's three rats in my house and i need you to kill them and i couldn't hit a single one of them and i just ended up dying to rats over and over for like 20 minutes and i was like this 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 feels like garbage this feels like shit. what a what, I didn't, what kind of character I didn't, were you playing i have i don't remember what my class is i just remember that i made uh i made a, a little a, li a lizard girl named Terry in all caps at the request of my roommate who was watching me play at the time uh while drawing next to me uh and they had never i think maybe they've uh they're they're more of a fallout person i don't think they've played any elder scrolls game before um but yeah i i, I don't know i i didn't even realize that it was like a dice being rolled because I never got a single like feedback that damage was Joel, done. You were playing that... on Xbox, right? So you probably had a different yes. experience oh, that's than, right. than we did because it plays I, relatively I... well on mouse and keyboard. I don't know how it controls at all on controller. <laughs> no, I like that. Like I said, the controls themselves are are like fine. Like I, I at least for me, it might it might just be like I'm more willing to think that they're fine because I'm used to things like tank controls or something. But it, it felt more intuitive like even like the menus and stuff it was like different and weird but i ended up getting it, it was it was mapped pretty satisfyingly where like uh what is it like the triggers like go between the different like menu options or whatever it was interesting but i i, I didn't even realize that 
dices were being rolled, I just it just literally was like, well, I Bethesda games really are broken. This feels terrible. It, it does feel off that there is no indication playing. that it is dice roll combat. That 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 I, is. I, yeah. I feel like there should be more of like an audio cue for that or something. Because that's the thing. It's like okay, well, this this game's old. It's like well, like it it can't be that much older than like. System Shock 2 or the first System Shock definitely came out before this, and those have like feedback when you shoot or hit a thing, like yeah. and, and they're like direct damage. I, I feel like I feel like the the dice rolls for combat very like just a just a very strange decision that doesn't even feel like it's from that time because other things from that time feel more playable because they no, don't make that decision. And and I and I agree with that too because again I feel like if you're like me and you specced as a as a red guard knight like i said and you're hitting 30 40% of the time it just doesn't feel right like mm, i get that there's I, a I die roll in the background but it doesn't it doesn't feel right <laughs> i definitely felt like this game really intrigued me um with the like world building and whatnot yeah, yeah. but the gameplay itself was really a a turn off cuz it was really bizarre and clunky i'm sure yeah, you can i totally get that i think this but... is like this was the point where i think bethesda realized i mean obviously they learned don't do the dice roll combat thing so i think it's clearly only those and i would wonder if like i think the values are just tuned bad to be honest i think the the starting point is just too low i feel like it would have felt a lot better sure. if they put you like i think being it's... bad at a thing means like you'll miss one in three hits and not one in every or like you'll only hit one in three times rather than you'll it, miss well, and, so and much. it's like it's a combination of it's way over tuned and also like there's no feedback like you said kotor was great even if you missed an enemy it was still cool to like so, kotor to is then... younger than this game is it came out afterwards so we can't expect no 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 but, but year and a half or but, so Still, right, that's but fairly but close. Still, I like like even if it's not an animation, even if it's something that like some sort of indication that's telling you what's going on. Because even if you do know what's going on, it's still like hit, <laughs> hit, and it's like this isn't exciting because this isn't my fault. It's this invisible, omniscient, yeah. omnipotent, like yeah. die roll that is deciding well, hey, my fate. And it has nothing I do to have do... great news for any of you that liked the rest of it. There are mods that fix that. <laughs> I was also curious, not like, obviously this is a way different experience, but I, I was curious um, that I may pop back into Elder Scrolls online just to visit some of those areas. Um, in like modern the, art style and see what it looks like. Yeah, the environment yeah. was so interesting that I'm curious how that looks in a game that came out only a few years ago. I right. don't mind you. I well, I do need to cut it. off our Morrowind conversation because we've been here oh. for too long and need to talk about our next <laughs> game, which I think we'll also end up talking about for a while. So, uh, Alex, what's your next game? My next game, I I, w I was briefly thinking about making us do Elder Scrolls Redguard. Stories, <laughs> Red Guard, oh, no. um, oh. which which oh. is a incredibly bad game gameplay and um, fighting style wise, but apparently it has a pretty decent story, um, pretty decent to good. Um, but I'm not gonna make us do that. Instead, I think I'll be the one to have us do 
the uh oh, oh, mountain blade 2 is sort of a multiplayer game already um all i'm gonna put us back into a fighting game boot camp again i'm gonna have some fun with all you guys this this uh november and december because we're gonna be playing jojo's bizarre adventure all-star battle r Silence is the reaction to that announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited for the reactions yeah. to this game. I, I think I even if wait. even if you don't know much about it, this will be a fun time. It is one hundred percent easier than Guilty Gear as far as move combos are concerned. <laughs> there is an auto combo in this. It'll be much more understandable. And Alex and I also both know our way around these this game, so will help you not be comatose, Wyatt. <laughs> I don't like fighting games. I'm sorry. Well, you're going to be forced. <laughs> I can't. I don't like them. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into our last game, our final game to talk about. And I am so curious what reactions to this are going to be because we played Oblivion. Uh, we went more went to Oblivion. Yeah. And for <laughs> me, this is my pick. Oblivion is, is my comfort game. This is the game that I tend to, if I just don't know what to play, I go back and re-download Oblivion. Um, I think it's the Bethesda game for me that is most playable without mods uh, because the base like story and stuff is actually good. Oblivion, unlike Skyrim, like I, I don't want to diss Skyrim story too bad because like, I have finished it and it's not that bad. Oblivion's is actively good. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Which is an achievement That's a for low bar. <laughs> It's a nine low bar. So, nine or so hours and I haven't finished Oblivion's main quest yet. <laughs> but like Oblivion, I think it, it's a shame that none of you have finished it because Oblivion's like final mission is Bethesda finally doing a thing that feels like an appropriate final mission for something. Like it yeah. is actually really good. Um, so I, 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 I recommend... I love the faction quest in this one. Though, yeah, those I absolutely so recommend fantastic. doing the main story for Oblivion. At some point, uh, the faction quests are excellent all round. Um, they Thieves don't Guild all fall into your leader. Th Thieves Guild is honestly peak medieval fantasy. Thieves Guild's great um, because you actually right. have to do thieving. The Dark Brotherhood in this is like legendary. Everyone, oh my, if oh, they've it's... not heard of anything else in Oblivion, they've heard of the Dark Brotherhood quest line. Uh, and you have to to get in the Dark Brotherhood. Brotherhood here, you have to kill an NPC, like kill a named an NPC. An innocent person, specifically. Um, which is such a cool thing compared to, like, Skyrim lets you feel good about it, right? Skyrim lets you be like, I can justify oh, I'm helping the an murder. Orphan. <laughs> Oblivion is like, no, you killed someone. Like, you you made the choice to and, kill someone and then and runs you, with it. You wake up in I, the, the Inn of Ill Omen to that beautifully voiced Lucien Lachance you yeah. sleep rather soundly for a murderer. Yeah, I this just Oblivion has a lot of things to me that are, I really really like. Um it has not groundbreaking combat again. I <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be like super into this, but for me but it is when you swing a sword you, you hit, hit the thing. And there's <laughs> feedback here. So if you hit a shield, you hear I hitting really the like shield. The feedback. Like, yes, yeah. So yeah. I don't know why. Oblivion's combat to me still feels better than Skyrim. And I, I, I have never really been able to identify the reason. I think for me, a lot of it is just like Skyrim's animations are kind of goofy. Um, Oblivion is still kind of goofy, but the impacts also, are I think more hard. In, in I... Oblivion, somehow you got a reaction to when you hit a shield, right? It. Your weapon sort of bounced you off. You do a in Skyrim bit. too. In Sky uh, D yeah, it, it's hard. A lot of the time, you don't end up hitting the shield in Skyrim, so it looks weird and it doesn't happen. But 
There is a reaction um, to it, yeah. I would say that this is the first Elder Scrolls game I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked it way more than Skyrim. I also uh, one of my favorite bits about this: you're a nobody. You're not a chosen one. I love the intro to this game of like you're locked in a prison cell. You pick your your class, your race. You don't even pick your class. You don't make any gameplay choices aside from race until you actually get to play the game a little bit, which is great. Yeah, Yeah. it gives you a nice tutorial section. Then you walk up to the prison bar and get insulted (laughs) based on what you picked for like thirty seconds before. Good old Sir Patrick Stewart comes down and gives you the opening spiel. Yeah, some some dark elf told me that he was gonna have sex with my wife. I think, (laughs) and then Patrick Stewart came up. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's super Uh, different. It's a fully unique set of lines. He's gonna skin you and make you into a rug. Uh, Oh really? Yeah. Just great because you're Argonian. It makes me want to go back and kill him later. Yeah, which you do in the Dark Brotherhood quest line. Yep. There, I think there's I think, a hit out you know, on him. There's this. I feel like there's this interesting divide with a lot of Bethesda fans, where it's like, oh, we like the older games because they lean a lot more into the RPG, you know, aspect of it. Or there's people who really like Skyrim because it's far more accessible, and it. I think it allows a glimpse into this world where you don't really. Um, Without so much of a need for focusing on stats and stuff, and that's not even dissing Skyrim or people who prefer Skyrim. That's just. That's just how it is. I think the reason everyone who plays Bethesda games loves Oblivion is because it is that perfect, like, right down the middle. Because it has, it has the complexity, enough... and it's got the not-complex stuff that appeals to everyone else. It is It is perfectly tuned. Also, Sir Patrick Stewart talks to you right away. Yeah. This is true. And then he gets toasted, and that's pretty fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then he, he gets, gets absolutely murked, and there is nothing you can do about it. Yep. Yeah, like the first characters you meet are Roman centurions wielding katanas, which is pretty rad. Like, which is I, th- I think Oblivion uh, really often cool gets mocked for having like the least interesting art style, but I think the reason that the the like generic high fantasy sort of layout here works is because underneath that there are tons of interesting areas, and it makes them stand out more. Of like, yeah, mm-hmm. the overworld in Oblivion is not a lot to write home about. It's a bunch of random forts and wilderness forest. Like, there's not a ton else. Then you go to the Shivering Isles, or you go to oh, any Oblivion yeah. Gate, or you go into one of the painted worlds, and you're like, oh. these are so interesting compared to what I've been doing the rest of this game, that everything stands out. And not to say that it's bad, and this, the towns here are really good. Um, Oblivion has my favorite cities and towns of any Bethesda thing ever. Um, Imperial City feels like a proper city, even though it's relatively small. The fact oh that you can God. see the tower from anywhere on the map, you can go in those different districts, it's easy to get lost. And, and the only city they have ever done this in, in like any game, maybe like barring a rift in as a cheap knockoff of it, Skingrad with its uh, verticality. Or, yeah. No, not Skingrad. Crap. What's the what's the the Shack City? Uh oh, I know what you're talking about. Is it Lewin? Land. I always get the cities mixed up here. Um, aside from, yeah. I know always know Berville and uh, Coral and the the towns you go to a lot. Ah, uh, Coral, the place where you get your ghost house. Yeah, Anvil and with the uh, the Knights of the Nine quest and everything. And the other the other thing about the open world, and I don't know how to de- how to describe this. I'm going to make this comparison that I think if if you know what I'm talking about, it'll kind of make sense. But it there is something about early two thousands HDR lighting. 
Halo 3 <laughs> had the exact same thing. There's something so yeah. warm yeah. and comforting about it. And it just, it makes you feel it's inviting to be in this. Yeah. It like, just, I it want feels to great. explore it, even though it looks the same. It's, like, it's, it, it's, it's a really pretty stylization. I think that, yeah. That it well, is. that's that's the funny thing is that it wasn't meant to be a stylization. That's yeah. just how HDR lighting was at the time. And sure, things can look a little blown out from time to time. Um, <laughs> the characters look something... really funny, but that's fine. Oh my god! Oh, the face is oh, weird. Oh, the clown mask. Oh. <laughs> you can see it on screen right now. You can see the adoring fan over Brett. It's... Yep. Oh, it's... <laughs> You're the best. Well, it's I'll it's carry so... your things. And and then it. I mean, yeah. And it's so funny, like, they haven't, Bethesda just, for the longest time, could not figure out character models. I think they hit a good, a good kind of level in uh, Starfield. I think they look pretty good. Starfield's there. fine, yeah. It, Starfield looks Starfield pretty Starfield is fine. Uh, but you go, you go lower, and even for the time, some of these character models are the goofiest fucking thing mm. you've ever seen. Literally Would you just like to be a blueberry default... or a potato? <laughs> the, the the default character in the character creator the the thing you start off with there is stretched textures so it's the textures just like super compressed it is so jank how they handled the morph targets uh, and different yeah. switchable assets for character it's, creation it's yeah, so funny one of you guys say that there's just no normal maps like yes period? uh the the way that it it sort of works is that there's not really the the way that lighting works in the engine that Bethesda uses is um a decision. Uh, mo most, most of the detail, Bethesda. most of the detail, including a lot of like normal detail and ambient occlusion, are in the color map. Mm. Okay. The color map does the heavy lifting for a lot of things. That's something that's like something I would do because <laughs> I don't know that's what I'm I doing. did do. <laughs> <laughs> college projects just because i didn't know how to use a normal map <laughs> like we're beyond that now there's there's something that can catch light that's cast in an engine <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i mean I oblivion's mean, fascinating timing, what i they're... really want to talk about is like oblivion has this a second thing that i think adds a lot to this is oblivion has physics so Oblivion the is like the first dolls. big ragdoll physics thing, and you can tell they want you to do it because they give you a bow and arrow next to a bucket that they want you to shoot, and it just swings yeah. back and forth. The game is straight up, oh my like, god, commands the paralysis you to shoot the bucket spell. Please <laughs> exactly. shoot the bucket. And 90% of the enemies that you kill in this game, no matter what they're holding, no matter what race they are, no matter where you are in the world, 90% of the time, they just go like this, like, <laughs> That's if you kill them with melee, Wyatt. If you hit them with the basic spell that you get at the start, oh. they go flying backwards. Whoa, it's dude, incredible. There, there are few oh. pleasures in this world greater than using flare on a small rat, and it just <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of that, I really like the way magic works in that game over, like Skyrim and and other. Yeah. Ones. I mean, it's pretty similar, but I feel like they make it really easy to just sort of like the the crafting was a little cast the, a spell, and the the spell crafting itself was unfortunately a little bit more balanced than it was in Morrowind. <laughs> yeah, the thing about spells here is I think a lot of it is just that you can cast a spell without having to equip it, so you yeah. can actually like block and have your full combat move set yeah. available to you when you're a mage. 
And it, I think it really put forward important. the idea of the spell sword, I think, for, I, for the, the uh, character's archetype. I battle mage as my class, and I still don't really know what the hell that means. But... Yeah, wait, what what were you guys characters? I was also, I was a, what's it called, a spell sword? I think spell I was sword? that too, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Ryan, what were you? Was uh, I the only person So I, of course, I played Oliveen a lot. I had I did two characters for this. I made Defaulto, who was the default Imperial, <laughs> and just ran around. But I made the mistake of that one. I actively chose not to pick a class or anything, so I had no way to level up. So I walked out and I was level oh. zero. And couldn't level up, and so I just adventured like that for a little bit. But then I made my I actual character. pick a class. Oh, I was of course playing a modded version of this. Oh, I played okay. Oblivion so many times that I played one that lets me just skip it, and I was like, "No, nah, I don't need a class or anything." Um, <laughs> I I picked an agent, which is the the stealth archer essentially one. equivalent. Um, that that has a little bit of a force of personality, uh, long range combat, a lot of acrobatics. Uh, so I was doing the bunny hop everywhere I went. <laughs> Mm, so you accidentally out, did uh, the bad thing in Oblivion, yeah. where you level up by jumping. Yeah, it turns out also, uh, you don't want to level up in Oblivion by like this bass awkward system where so yeah, let me explain the system. Don't level it's not. It's not that this. you don't want to level up. It's that if you chose non-combat stats as your like method of leveling up. So when you choose your major skills. Those are the things that will make you level up. When you get 10 ranks in one of them, you level up. So the issue with that is if you choose like acrobatics or athletics or things that just happen while you're going, you'll end up leveling up without actually being better at combat, which is that's the problem. So and the, if the, the, the enemy combat methods, level you'll be totally fine. You. So, for example, for spell swords like Brett and I, it's totally fine because your major skills are things like blades, um, block, uh, blocks, like heavy armor, that kind of thing. So as long as you're using those in your regular loop of exploration, combat, whatever, you're going to be completely fine for the most part. Yeah, it, the real trap is choosing acrobatics or athletics. Those, those two yep. are the, the problems. And if you choose just one of them, it's okay. But if you choose both, you're probably going to run into the issue of... The, the, the agent is will... the worst class you can pick. Yeah, so <laughs> what will happen is Oblivion has level scaling kind of like Skyrim does, but it doesn't work the same way. It works as that you hit a level point and then every enemy of a certain type is replaced by a different enemy. So, like, imps will become something more dangerous. Uh, when you level up, you'll see, like, instead of your regular wolves, you get dire wolves or something, right? So you won't see that basic enemy anymore. trolls to ogre. Yeah. And which means things get like dramatically more difficult uh, when you hit those level breakpoints if you weren't prepared for it. Now, this is a thing that like Oblivion, I think, is still very easy to play without mods because most people won't have issues with this. They, they won't really, as long as you choose a combat focused build, you'll be fine. But if you don't, you'll have to know what you're doing. Um, and yeah, there are tons of mods that fix this. This is like the basic fix thing of most things is they just make it so that when you hit the level breakpoints, instead of replacing enemies, they just add them to the list. So it could be the new thing instead of always being the new thing. Um, so it's an easy fix. It's just like a weird thing. And it, it's not going to be a problem if you're not actively playing a weird way. I picked um, a really weird thing for being a battle mage. And it's probably a god-awful choice, but I didn't play enough of the game to... Uh truly face my consequences i picked whatever that like star sign thing is which is the one that you don't reach it 
So that's actually one of the right. best oh, in the, the game. A- the the Atronok sign. The Atronok is extremely yes. good. Um, I thought it sounded like it was really interesting. It, which is it, it is it. the one you pick for a spell sword build. Okay. You, I wasn't you sure. do need to know what you're. I did not. Because the consequences, <laughs> you're not. The Atronach has a big drawback, which is you don't regenerate Magicka. The benefit is you're any time a spell hits you, there's a fifty percent chance you absorb it. Don't take any damage and get Magicka back, which is great. That's a super good thing. How, however, in the intro to the game, uh, at least where I was playing mostly, uh, not that many people were casting spells at me. Yeah. So the way you make up for that is you make mana potions. That's yeah. your main way is is doing the alchemy. Gotta get loop. to that alchemy. Um. So if you don't want to do alchemy, I'd recommend not picking Atronach, just because if no, you're I playing don't. specifically a spellcaster. But for my character, that like was my real character, I also picked Atronach because I wanted to make a witch hunter, basically. So oh, I was like, oh. I'll do a Atronach, but I don't use magic. I just use it for like the resistance to spells, basically, so I can be super um, resilient to any mages I fight. So Like you have the shield spell up constantly. Yeah, which is super fun because you, you have a lot of like build expression in Oblivion that you don't have in something like Skyrim because you make these choices at the start. Uh, not to say like Skyrim doesn't have a bad progression system per se, it's just you don't make these choices at the start that inform how you're going to play. Uh, and Oblivion is really it's good a, at doing that. It's kind of like a fluid class system in, in Skyrim more so than something like yeah. Oblivion. Yeah. Two, two, two other like fun things that I want to point, point touch on. Uh, for this is something that Skyrim completely abandoned that Morrowind had a little bit, but Oblivion, I think, really got into in, in, in a fun way was uh, whenever you rank up skills, like whenever you get to a next the next rank in them, they have like these really fun messages uh, yeah. to mm-hmm. them as well. Where it's like, hey, you're you're feeling like I'm a, lot, I'm a lot more confident in this. You've done this and this and this and things like that. You're but- you're 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 at the top of your game here. You're You're feeling good. The one that stuck it, out to me was like you you've spent your life I think it's like literally your first level. It's like you've spent your life stumbling um uh through the world and now you see it with much more clarity. And I was like, these are yeah. really nice. It's it's nice little flavor text to tell you kind of encourage you and tell you how well you're doing. <laughs> it's, it's really the nice. The second one is uh, if any of you spell swords have encountered this. Uh how many of you guys know about Finger of the Mountain? I think I, I no missed that. It's a fun spell. It is a fun spell if you have an ungodly amount of magicka and can actually use it uh because <laughs> with, with the way that level up works uh, and things like this um you can if you are playing an unmodded and uncheesed game you can get this spell uh at a point where even like at around like level 15 which is like the average point at where you'd be able to find this spell uh it requires a a casting amount of magicka that you uh will not be able to acquire in the game even with solely picking that as like your your level up like amount thing getting plus fives in it each level brewing a bunch of potions that aren't you know cheesed and stacked to hell and back um <laughs> it'll cast uh 15k magicka to cast this spell jesus jesus um so Here's but it thing. obliterates anything it touches. It is the coolest, like, Sith lightning blast ever. You actually can. There is a way to be able to cast it if you get there before level 5. Because it's a leveled yeah. item. The cost will be yeah. low enough that you can cast it, which is very funny. So so here's something interesting. Um, I I feel like I'm not the only one that goes through this, this kind of cycle with Bethesda games. But 
When I first start playing a Bethesda game, I'm always so amped. Whether it's one that I'm playing for the first time or an old one, I'm just like, oh, I want to go back to this world. I want to go talk to these people again. I want to do these things again. I want to get this item again. I'm so excited. And then you reach a point where you start experiencing what I call the Bethesda debt, <laughs> where all of these tiny, all these tiny little issues start to pile up and really get in the way of you enjoying yourself where it didn't in the first, in the first, you know, seven, ten hours or whatever. Little I thought things. you were going to say playthroughs, but hours works too. <laughs> uh, however, however you decide to play. Little things, like uh, the map screen sucks. The map screen is terrible, it's stupid, I hate it, and it actively, like, I is actively don't in, want to explore as much. Is this in general, or is this like you don't like the the aesthetic of, like, the, the paper map? The aesthetic for... is fine. It's the layout. It takes up so little of the screen that it's very difficult to navigate sometimes. Like, sometimes I just get lost where it's like, where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? Because you see so little of it, and there's no way to expand it. Like... I, they had a better map screen in Morrowind, and I hated the menus in Morrowind. But they had a better <laughs> map screen. I I hated how little you could see of things. I hate how it doesn't tell you if you've cleared out, uh, like a like a dungeon or or an old fort or something like that. It really it like aggravates me because then I have to like remember did I do this one? Did I not? I don't remember. And so you just waste time figuring out whether you've done it or not. It's just like small things like that, or just how still menus are kind of janky and so uh and and clunky and don't quite work right and it just kind of eats away at your fun a little bit more as you go along or there's weird things like um the I bartering was doing minigame or the persuasion the bartering oh, minigame. My, oh god the way that the, the facial expressions change nope. um oh. and, and just and, and like little things like oh like if you're following an npc you can't fucking match their speed this has been a Bethesda <laughs> thing for such a long time, and it's, it, it bothers I, I me. <laughs> don't know why they haven't been able to fix that. It's it's amazing how like they just haven't addressed this ever. Um, it's just it's little things like that, and it's like I'm. I mean, I still love Oblivion. I'm still enjoying my time, but like I don't I don't launch it on my PC with the same amount of excitement that I did, just because these tiny little issues really stack up over time. Speaking of uh, small complaints, uh. What the hell is with the lockpicking minigame? I love oh this minigame, man. This is my favorite lockpicking minigame. I still I do have to have say not, I liked it too. I cannot figure... I never you just need to click it in when it, goes, when it hits the top, right? It, it's going to rest there for a moment. You have to click it when it's resting, right? Yeah, it's a timing thing. It's a timing. you got to look at it. You can knock it up a few times to see how it falls and make sure you're clicking at the right time yeah, for each tumbler. Yeah, but then... Maybe I just someone gonna clip yeah. Ryan saying knock it up a few times. Maybe I'm Thanks, just Alex. like straight up not uh, pressing the right buttons. I don't know. I never, <laughs> I never. I felt, I felt that way as well. The lock picking minigame was my bane of existence so much so be, that be, I I kept. There's no the explanation of it, so I'm I, just like sitting there like pressing the thing up. And I'm watching it go up. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, if you're I'll on mouse and keyboard, you press you. it up and then you click when it's at the top. Okay, I never clicked. Oh, well, then you didn't no do the thing. Yeah, you didn't press the button. Because it doesn't tell you what to do. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I just cast a spell and it unlocked it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why Oblivion's great, because you still have options. You can do that. Or I hit I'll, the auto I'll... attempt. I had so many lockpicks, like it didn't matter. <laughs> there were a couple times where... 
because I was really bad at it. I'm still kind of bad at it, but um, I'm, I'm getting better at it. But especially in the beginning, I was really not good at it. I'll be honest with you. There were a couple times where I hit the tilde key and then added a bunch of them to my inventory just so I could practice more. Because <laughs> it's like, because it's like I, I, I was really getting frustrated with it. And then I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going to give myself 50 lockpicks. And I was like... <laughs> slowly figuring it out as it goes along i i try not to do things like that too much for things like skyrim despite how easy it is but like man <laughs> i needed it but, so bad <laughs> but when it's obtuse rubber goose it e pr practices yeah yeah i am curious brett because you had a lot of issues with Morrowind. i'm curious if oblivion feels better to you um uh, to play i I actually I had uh, I had zero issues with Oblivion. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what happens when you make a video game feel like a video game, <laughs> and not like it's trying to be something else. Uh, not like some tabletop and spreadsheet simulator. It yeah yeah. I don't play Which, those like, games for nerds. What are you doing? I, I don't do. I I don't really play games for other nerds like Oblivion. <laughs> Uh, by, uh, because I've been playing a lot of, uh, a, a game called Lunacid lately. I was it's so curious if you were going to compare Here we go. It's, yeah, it, it basically controls the exact same, um, with, like, minor differences in, like, button mapping. Uh, you could probably remap Lunacid to just control, like, Oblivion and vice versa. Um, but, no, yeah, I, it was, it was, it was cool. None of the, none of the issues that uh i had with marwin happened I, I think the um also like that intro sequence is just like a great impetus for me as a player to actually give a shit uh like i i like when things don't like super handhold you a lot but for marwin it's very much just like let me tell you a long-winded story about the world that you're in and you can do whatever you want, I guess. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I, I guess I will then. Yeah. Uh, also, what I like love about the... the start here is that you basically get like there is a thing to go do if you want to do it, but the quest here is not pressing until later. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's. It let's explore. It, if it's you want it's to. a little. It's a little silly because, like, okay, like it's 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 a little perfect that you we were just the last guy in the room for the yeah. emperor to give you his thing, I guess. But like, and all the 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 guards walk out uh, of the room when the emperor gets killed and just walk back in to see you standing <laughs> over his dead body, and they're just like, oh well. You obviously have probably done here. this. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was expecting it to take that turn and for me to have to run away, but there was. Just I can like, explain. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but this um, this is not what it looks like, babe. Babe, this is not what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was it was uh, it was cool. Um, I I immediately uh, upon leaving the sewer, I was just like, well, I'm not gonna not go to the like the alien ruin right in front of you, ruin right in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and Holy they just don't, like, shit, back the out all the way in. Oh, so the zombies cool. are horrifying. <laughs> the the skeletons in Oblivion too; those are horrifying. Skeletons okay. in yeah, Oblivion Morrowind are so much more of a threat than they are in Skyrim. Something it's I, it's scary. Something I completely forgot. Uh, scamps, bastards, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolute bastards. They're they've probably been like the hardest enemy, at least for me, because man, they can like just absolutely like. I'll drive you and stun you like five times in a row. Goblin, Especially if goblins rocked my shit. 
And especially if there's several in a uh, in a room and you're just getting stun locked by one of them and the other one's like casting fireball on you or whatever, like that messed me up. There was one room, um, there was one specific room when I was taking back Kavach that like I had to play set like three or four times because it was like these these bastards. <laughs> yeah, I do have to ask um, for people. Did anyone else get to Kavach? Yeah. No. I, I did I did main okay. story stuff. So for the time. people that haven't gotten there, I would recommend before you uninstall and move on, get to Kavach and do the thing there. That I, is the, I'm gonna the leave moment this one for the game. For me. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. leave this installed as well. I, I think Brett for you that will be the sell moment of like everything will click together, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the big thing is like there are things called oblivion gates. Uh, most of you, yeah. the two of you that haven't done it probably haven't seen them um, because I think they don't start until after Kavach. But it's basically you enter these like realms and you go through basically a dungeon crawl to get to the top of a tower and take a, a sigil stone. It's a hel- hellscape dungeon crawl that are generally very fun. Which the um, sigil stones give you uh, unique buffs that you exactly. can choose from. They're, they're basically this game's equivalent of enchanting. So you get, like, a cool buff that you can use in a variety of ways. Uh, and it's a, a reason to, like, go do all of them because they all give you different things. So, yeah, it's a very cool the, system The Daedric Realm to go of Merun's Dagon. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that if you enjoyed, like, the, the look of Morrowind, I think will be the, the Oblivion equivalent of that, as well as, like, the yeah, side quest where you lot, literally go into painted worlds. Um, a lot more dull. Yeah. The uh, the door in Niven Bay that leads to Shivering Isles, which is the expansion for this game, which is also incredibly good. Uh, Shivering Isles is like I think the measuring stick that Bethesda DLC is still held up to. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and all the uh, the cool. I mean, we all have the Game of the Year edition because it's on Game Pass. That so that's what they have. Uh, you get your horse armor, so you can experience and, the DLC that made the world the way it is. And, and you get a bunch of mansions, too. You get some really cool player and a wizard housing. tower. Frostcrag Spire is my favorite house in any Bethesda game. It's super cool. Uh, go and learn how plus to get Frostcrag Spire. Plus, you can buy a house that's haunted. Yeah, Battlehorn Castle like is a very fun thing, too. If you get like a cool quest to go help this castle, then you get to be part of the castle afterwards. A lot, mm-hmm. Lots of neat stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Oblivion um, just has great side quests. Let's talk about Radiant AI. <laughs> <laughs> a very well-intentioned system that leads to so many funny moments. <laughs> Reverence, this is the thing where AI will wander a little bit. They have schedules. They'll go talk to each other. But the conversations are made out of like pieces that are meant to flow into like kind of a, a reconcilable it's so funny conversation. Because it sounds yeah. like you AI generated. Well, it's so funny because it sounds like AI generated conversations out of like that it uses out of a, like a mixture. It's it's so funny because like you'll walk around. Um, Heard any rumors uh, lately? You'll, you'll you'll walk around like Cloud Ruler Temple, and basically all of the blades there say the exact same thing. <laughs> it's like, yo, man. We let Uriel Septim die. That kind of sucks. Oh, I wonder how that's affecting the rest of us. Okay, bye! <laughs> <laughs> Farewell. Yeah. Oh, oh, and I'm I'm sure, like, at least some of you here, I know, I'm pretty sure, you know, both, at least Ryan and I have seen the, the meme of, um, there, there's a certain mark of quality 
in um for a specific voice actress uh in in uh at one part here where uh they they kept an outtake in there let me do that line again (laughs) classic yeah for me is the perfect mix of funny and and sometimes kind of good well because because there's also points where um uh characters will switch voice actors depending yeah. on the line that they're given to. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing, right? Is is that there are there are standouts for me like like putting aside the the celebrity casting. Like Sean Bean does a good job. Obviously, Sir Patrick Stewart does a great job. The voice actor for Barris is great. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Like and even if the voice acting is bad, 9 times out of 10, it's really like passionate. There's you can you can tell they're not sleepwalking their way through these lines. They are putting yeah. absolutely and for 110%. Reference, it is, it is a stage play. It is theater. The well, reason a lot of it's like this is only one voice actor for each uh, race and uh, like feminine or masculine. So yeah. that's how they did voice acting. There's also a couple of voice actors for like named characters like Martin Septum as a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Uriel is the adoring Patrick fan. Stewart. Adoring fan is unique. There's a bunch of unique voice actors, but they're all limited, and those are often the characters you'll hear, hear switch voices because they go back to the default when they do certain other lines, like the radiant conversations. Oh, Sheo Goreth um, as well. Though I think he also did the voice for the Oblivion Guards. Uh, maybe. And guards are useful about... in this game. That's the bizarre thing, too, of, like, you can go talk to guards to get directions, and I just love that little detail. Talking about uh, some goofball aspects of this game... Some of the like facial expressions are bizarre <laughs> and bizarre when they show up to like in the middle of a fight or something. Accidentally talk to like a guard or something who's near you and he's like I love no, I oh, love yeah, the, the moment. <laughs> I, yeah, love, I love the moments when you're talking to Have you to, heard like, of the high elves? I love the moment where you're talking to like a like a merchant and they're like, Hi, welcome to my shop. I have the best wares in town. Yeah, because they don't like you. <laughs> Especially if you're playing um, one of the, the races that starts off with like a speech penalty and people are just predisposed yeah, to hate you everywhere they you just go. just hate you. you have oh to my like God. It's so funny, through. and you'll you'll sell two things at the exact same price, and one price is like, oh, great price for a great customer. And the other one is, mm, that's normally more than what I'd pay for. It's like, well, that's the same price. What the hell? <laughs> great. Yeah. Or, um, it's, or when, it's, when, you're, oh. when you're going to, to fight in a kavacha that you have the commander and he's like this is a very dire situation and i fear for everyone that's left in the in the church and then the conversation ends and he's like (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny oh it's so funny i I feel you you already if you've played the shivering isles dlc you already feel like you're in both mania and dementia when playing (laughs) the game yeah all right well i do want to cap our conversation and just do final thoughts here i think for me we might end up talking about Oblivion again at some point, because I'm sure at some oh, point please. one of us is going to force everyone to play Skyrim, and we'll have a reference again. <laughs> or we'll oh, just be able to chat about it on a, another episode if people get further. Because I would love to talk about Kavach and the, and the like main story of Oblivion, because I think it is fascinating where Bethesda like started and moved to through Oblivion and in the other games. But yeah, I think I'm very glad to hear people liked it, because uh, it confirms it's not just nostalgia to me <laughs> as to why people like Oblivion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's my favorite Elder Scrolls. I'm obviously going to keep playing it. I'll probably do another full playthrough and complete as much as possible. <laughs> Let me know when you guys uh, kill or save the last unicorn. 
<laughs> I like uh, that that's a thing. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I love it. I, I do want to keep playing it. I do want to stress again, though, that I always run into this with, with Bethesda games. There's that Bethesda depth that, like, begins to really hinder my my playtime with any... I, I felt it with Morrowind. I felt it with Oblivion. I feel it with Skyrim. I feel it with Starfield. It's just always there because they they try and do so much and they stretch themselves so thin that there are so many little things that are not addressed. Even, you know, 20 years later um, in, in newer entries, there's things that are not addressed. And in the seventh edition of Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it can On really... Vigua. Like, I'll be honest with you, the only Bethesda game that I've ever finished the main story for is Starfield, and I partially did that so that I could talk about it for, for Games Club, because we all wanted to finish it. Partially because I did want to finish the story, but part of it, too, is because I was on a deadline. Um, <laughs> it makes it really difficult for me to fin to finish Bethesda games as much as I love them, so I would really love to finish Oblivion, because I never have before, and I agree with you, I think the, the writing for the main story is probably Yeah, what I will say, if people finish Oblivion, I will run a Games Club for <laughs> specifically because it's super interesting um yeah but it's great and i love it and it's like coming home to your parents house and there's a nice warm fuzzy blanket that you remember having as a child and you just kind of wrap it around you and it feels it, it feels just familiar and and comforting and inviting and i love it ryan do do you still have the sound bite that you like to play when i make a particularly heinous joke oh god <laughs> Why won't you die? There we go. That's the use case for that sound. Uh, yeah, Brett, Alex, any other thoughts? Um, well, I, I guess it's it's worth reiterating in case uh, someone hasn't watched any of the episodes that we've talked about Starfield, uh, which, good job avoiding that minefield. I don't know how you would have managed that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I, I am not a bethesda or. I, Starfield was the first Bethesda game I played, and I was like, oh man, okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm not. I have a very strange interpretation of these games because I just hear other people like scream about every single one like it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, and uh, in, in my effort to try to go as long as I physically can, uh, and this is going to. No, it can't jinx me because we're full on games and you can't pick anything more. I was gonna say it's <laughs> gonna jinx me by saying that I'm trying to go uh, the longest I can without playing Skyrim uh, because I have like neg I have like negative desire to. I just don't care at all. Uh, but Ob Oblivion definitely seems uh, more interesting, and it has kind of uh, that like it, it yeah from from the the first few steps in game it seems that way. Um, so when I when I when I go back to a save file before I got soft locked, uh, I will definitely play more at some uh, point. That, now you're into the Bethesda experience. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I do do yourself a, a favor too. Like get to get to Gavach. Um this this is for like also anyone in, in my final thoughts, but play play one of the faction quests and you'll mm. experience some really fun writing. Yeah, and all gotcha. of them are good. Unlike Skyrim where like the companion quest is fine, but the mage's guild is kind of sucks, or like you have different thoughts on it. Um, and there's Oblivion, a fighter's guild in Oblivion, and there's just not one in Skyrim. There's, I guess, the companions. As the companions kind of a are the replacement. 
but they kind of comparatively it's a, aren't very It's fun. a sorry replacement. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, Alex, uh, what's your game pick for this month? Um, do we want to limit it to one multiplayer game for the list? We don't have to. We already have two. <laughs> we have two. Okay. So I would say think about do scheduling. We... For this. All right, all right, all right. I assume. <laughs> Especially um, if it's purely multiplayer. Shoot. Then, uh, what about... Hold on, I gotta rethink my options here. I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> the build-up. I'm here. What the would you spend? I, 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 if... Well, we'll save what I would have picked for the next time I do pick one. Mm -hmm. Um, well, no, no, no. Hold on. I'm looking at the, the list. The Elder Scrolls story is red guard. <laughs> you gotta have two God. on on lock. It's yeah, I yeah, had that's, two, and they're both the multiplayer. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I didn't expect everybody else one to pick multiplayer. One multiplayer, one multiplayer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. Then I think I will pick. Uh, if this is what I think it is. Yes. Uh, sea of Stars. Oh, uh -huh. it's a game I've been wanting to try out for a while that Brett is very salty about. <laughs> Damn, I'm not even. I'm not here. very salty. I'm just indifferent. <laughs> oh. I, I, was, I, I just like to build the image of you as being salty. Well, it's very easy to do. So <laughs> you, you, a bit you of are a, a regular ski dog. This is going to be a bit of a rough next episode for me, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Maybe you'll really like Mountain Blade. I don't know. It's I hope I like Mountain Blade. I know I like Solar. I, I, so I hope you find fun. a spark of comfort in here, like I was able to with several games when you gave us twenty forty two. I guess this is my my. I guess this is my. Uh, this is your penance. Um, you do deserve I, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it that's wasn't a... that bad. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> We're just shout out. It wasn't. It, it was mainly oh, the the dread of, of building up to it. Take us away from um, this hellhole. I do, I do. Uh, one of them is going to be a bit of a, a co-op shout-out with Brett here, mm -hmm, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, we just finished the Scott Pilgrim show on Netflix, both of us, uh, today. Um, it's great. You should go watch it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, but, but be I don't sure... <laughs> be sure to have experienced the other material under the Scott Pilgrim uh, name uh, franchise, I guess. Both would be best, but if not, the movie is on Netflix as well. But because I don't really want to say much about it and I want you to just watch it, uh, my other shout-out, related though, is uh, an anniversary gift that I got, which is the colorized Yay. version of the fourth edition, which is my favorite um, my favorite volume in the entire series. And I've never read these comics in color before, and they are all beautifully, nice. beautifully oh, colored here I in a nice hardcover. These are fantastic. Um there's even, it's so funny, there's a joke in the, uh, oh god, is it the, the like, third volume or the fourth volume, where one of the running jokes is because originally it was, it was published in black and white, uh, Ramona's hair changes color all the time, but the joke is yeah. that everyone comments on it, but you can't see the color of her hair. Oh my god. There's, there's a bit where it's like, where Scott is like, hey, you changed your, your, your color again. And there's like a there's from the the there's like a, a narrator throughout the entire uh, comic series, and it, there's a little bit where it's like uh, notice you can't tell because it's in black and white. And then in the color <laughs> version, they went back and changed the joke. It's the exact same line, but then the line from the narrator is this is much funnier in black and white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Um, but I'm so happy because I've always wanted to get these in color. Um, and so I'm so glad that I have my favorite volume all in color. And I can't wait to finish the whole thing and probably buy the rest of them at some point. <laughs> I was going to say, as much as I've read a ton of comics, I've never actually read it, so I might have to oh, pick up those so in color. Oh, they're so good. Awesome. It's a masterpiece, it's dude. so good. Yeah, There's a reason it gets so much attention. Yeah. All right. Uh, who's ready to go next? Me go. Oh, Brett go. Too bad. Brett, <laughs> 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 uh, just to just just to just so I could wrap up the the Scott Pilgrim thing, I I it is an anime because it's made by uh, Science Saru, which is a Japanese anime production studio. But it's not it's not on my anime list because I don't know white people, I guess. But if it was, <laughs> I would give it a ten because it's really really good and it made me very happy. Um, yeah. But uh, my just my it's actual set in Toronto, it can't be anime. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, uh, my actual shout out is because I I finished uh, uh, Lunacid and uh, in a world where Armored Core 6 did not come out this year that would absolutely be my game of the year and I was not expecting to like it just this much but the last the last stretch of it is just like it's incredible and it goes into very strange like the indie filmmaking territory, which I was not expecting, like a dungeon Wonderful. crawler to go to, but it's it's super super sick. I I would love to be able to blab about it for two and a half hours in a games club someday. So hopefully that day will come. But yeah, <laughs> highly recommend. Alex, you were ready. All right. I was ready. Um, oh, oh, oh you. <laughs> That's confusing. The foolish trap. Uh, you, you, you go. All right, cool. Gonna, uh, gonna have to rename myself here. Um, <laughs> well, that's I, was, I was talking about you, so you do the right thing. Yes. Okay. So, um, uh, my shout out is just, uh, I, I guess, either to the comic book store or this comic or my work, my my job. Even though they're laying me off, I had this benefit this year that they added that was like a lifestyle spending account, I guess. They would reimburse you for some stuff that was like health or art related. So I got them to pay for, for like a new keyboard and some work from home stuff and whatnot. And I had some money left over and they ended up noticing on their list of things was hard copy books, which I took to meant comic books. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course you <laughs> so, uh, I picked up a comic that is I never would have bought otherwise. Uh, I mean, the content is really good. I love it, but it's ludicrously expensive. I picked up the King in Black Omnibus. Oh, that is, is thick. super cool. Thick, Damn. thick. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Uh, so. Oh, that's guy. Uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, I've been too scared to. I just opened it yesterday. I bought it last week, and I like just opened it yesterday, and I still haven't Ooh. read it because I'm like. That that oh, fun it's so spine nice. I don't want to. I don't want to like, <laughs> destroy this book. Spine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the the King and Black event, which is uh, the end of this run of Venom, and every single tie in to that event. Um, so uh, Super cool. stupid thick. The symbiote war. Pretty much, yeah. All right, uh, I'm gonna piggyback off that one because I actually have one that's kind of related of. 
there's a neat little thing that a town nearby me does where they, they have like a support local businesses program where you buy a, a gift card and then they, during the holidays, will match whatever you put on. Um, so you can you you have to buy them in, in variants and you can only do this like one time, but you have to buy basically a $100 gift card and they'll give you another $100 gift card to certain shops that are locally owned in the area. And one of them is the best comic and game and like board game store around. So I've got a hundred bucks and another hundred bucks on top of it to go really spend money on things I probably shouldn't. <laughs> well, you wow, that's less than two hundred dollars. Nice. <laughs> so I'm gonna go look for one that. board game. I also picked up the uh, the Immortal Hulk one of these, and I can recommend that as well. Oh my god! Very cool. <laughs> Those are some good picks. Alex, you're the last one left. Right, um, you you may have noticed I have a different background than I have before. Um, I'm, um, uh, which means I am desperately hoping not to break this guy as I'm picking him up because he has <laughs> a stupid waist joint. Uh, but I I didn't show off this guy uh, a while ago, and he's mm. the oh, the my. the Barbatoris Gundam. I can't even tell where that thing begins and ends. <laughs> 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 that looks so fragile. <laughs> It yeah. is. I yeah. am. I am. I am horrified holding him. Very because cool. He has two, so because he has two waist joints, and they are both uh, garbage. Because <laughs> because this is from IBO, and the the kits are um kind of caca stinky poo poo when it comes to that <laughs> one particular joint. But I love All his. Right. But I love his vibe. Well, I love that our end was Alice saying caca stinky poo poo. So we're gonna go ahead <laughs> really. and call the show. As uh, we had a lot to say this time, this was a good batch of Game Pass games that I think, for both positive and negative, we had a lot to talk about, and we all had fun going through each of these. I think so. No, it was great. We had we had two classic RPGs. We had a, a game that came out this year that was surprisingly great and had a lot of buzz, and we had twenty forty two. Yeah, I mean, I like that we were able to do Oblivion as in Morrowind as much as we all will lean one way or the other for those games. Seeing the progression of Bethesda between the two, I think it's super interesting. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Time to move on. As always, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time on the podcast, pop of your choice, YouTube and Twitch. See you next time. Next week, Spider-Man 2 Games Club. Strap in full spoiler cast. We're going for it. <laughs>